Charles Montgomery's told the Public Fair Accounts Committee in the government that his staff don't always have time to meet private planes. Committee member Richard Bacon MP says that's unacceptable. I just find it very odd with £600 million available that you can't deploy enough resource to make sure that all of these aeroplanes, all of them, are covered. It just sounds to me, frankly, incredible. Meanwhile, London Luton Airport is advising passengers to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. The airport's website says flights to and from France, as well as those travelling through French airspace, are likely to be affected. EasyJet are warning that as more than 70% of their flights operate through French airspace, there's a risk of cancellation at late notice, while Ryanair say their route from Luton to Nîmes will be affected. Roadworks in Hemel's Old Town are having a huge impact on footfall and could force local shops out of business. That's the fear being expressed by shopkeepers in the area, where work on a new one-way system was supposed to be completed by the end of this month. It's now emerged it could take up to the end of the year. More on this coming up next with Ian Lee. The Buckinghamshire branch of a leading mental health charity claims people needing treatment for depression and anxiety disorders are being left waiting an unreasonable amount of time. Some are being left unseen for three months after diagnosis, according to Mind. Ewan Duncan has more. The initial contact for child and adult patients is usually quick, but if they need further treatment, the delays can kick in. The Buckinghamshire Mind Counselling Service deals with children aged 4 to 18 and would like to fast-track them all. It says it's reducing the backlog, but is still working to 100 percent capacity. The picture appears similar elsewhere in the three counties with the more advanced the treatment the longer the wait. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said the only people who should play for England are the English. Wilshere has since criticised what he called poor journalism but the Arsenal manager told the BBC he supports his players' comments. The weather, cold and windy with a chance of showers and a top temperature of 13 degrees Celsius, that's 55 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sports online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. This is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. It's very, very cold this morning. I'm wearing a light summer jacket and a thick winter scarf. And neither of those things are protecting me from the cold. Luckily, my thick winter coat is in the boot of my car. Don't ask me why. Don't ask me what else is in the boot of my car. Because it's none of your business. Lots coming up on the show this morning. I have, a, I have a feeling today might be quite feisty. I've just got a feeling there might be a bit of feist in there. Shop owners in the old town in Hemel Hempstead say roadworks are severely affecting their trade and could put them out of business. We'll be speaking to some of those shop owners and a representative from the council a bit later on. Are you suffering from mental health issues? Well, bad news. You could be waiting quite a long time for treatment. And there'll be, oh, I don't know, other stuff as well. What do you expect from me? Knowledge? Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Lots of ways you can get in touch. The best way, of course, the phone, the telephone. Phoning up and having a little chitty chat. We might be talking later on as well about uh, English players playing for the England football team. That seems obvious to me, doesn't it? You can't have a lad that was born in... Was this lad from Brussels, I think? He was born in Brussels. He wants to play for England. 
I don't think so. We, we may talk about that a bit later on. Uh, 08 459 455 555 is the telephone number if you want to give us a call on that or anything. Particularly if you've been uh, to the old town in Hemel Hempstead because shop owners there say roadworks are severely affecting their trade and could put them out of business. Well, the uh, works to put a one-way system in started back in June and had due to finish at the end of this month, but delays could go on for much longer. Well, later this morning, a meeting will take place between shops, Hertfordshire County Council, Decorum Borough Council and the contractors to get an update on why it's, uh, the work is taking so long. Well, Justin Dealey has been looking into this this morning. Morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. What's the main problem here? Well, well the Old Town High Street, just to kind of r- remind people of, of where it is and why it's so famous. Uh, the TV show Pie in the Sky uh, was filmed there years oh, yeah. ago. So it's a, it's a very, very pretty, historic high street, which yes. has been very, very successful over the years. Now, what's happened uh, since this summer? Uh, roadworks have been taking place there, and you just wouldn't recognise it. So people think, effectively, that the old town is shut. So the passing trade has, has disappeared for so many people. And as you know, passing trade is very important, isn't it, Justin? Well, of course it is. You know, for, for any business, you know, that, that they've got people walking down this pretty high street, and they may go into their shops, so that's completely mm. disappeared and it just looks to be, brutally honest, a complete and utter mess. We have got some photographs for the Facebook page, so uh, businesses not happy at all. Uh, these roadworks were meant to finish around now. They could be going on until Christmas and that means people are going to be losing even more money. You say businesses aren't happy. How bad is it? What have they been saying? Well, I've been talking to uh, Barry Garvin. Barry runs at Fret's Music Shop and uh, I asked him just how badly his business has been affected. We're about 40% down on what we should be taking we're at the situation where we cannot pay invoices that were due in august and as a result we cannot buy stock for the christmas trade you can see looking around you the street is completely deserted there's nowhere to stop nowhere to park and it should have been finished this month and now they're talking about a seven week um, road closures starting the 14th of october it's going to kill us all off every single one of us you're saying potentially every single shop here in the old town they could close because of this i believe so and i I know several that have been as badly hit if not more so than we have and if that's the case across the board then there's you know by the time these works are done it's going to be a very pretty looking high street with no shops we've seen off bigger competition in our industry it's just you know it's a difficult industry at the moment um we've survived the worst of the recession but we've been hit badly by this to, to to the extent that we never had been before. How angry are you right now? I'm absolutely raging. Um, <laughs> we have five years left on our lease, which is personally guaranteed. We could lose our home if we go under. So I'm absolutely raging. Your message to the Borough Council. Um, I presume you feel they are killing you off here. What's your message to them this morning? Well, what's been done has been done. Um, the only way out of this now is for them to make an offer of compensation to all the retailers in the high street in order to put us back to where we would have been had this not happened what do you feel you deserve um what's a fair price well it's difficult to put a price on it but in in percentage terms we're 40 percent down so we need that to be made up we need to be able to clear our backlog of outstanding bills so we can buy stock for christmas and continue trading well, it's a significant amount that he's asking for, isn't it? It is, but he's 40% down. Yep. He's saying, you know, we've beaten the recession, uh, that things have been very, very tough, but we can't beat these road works. So mm. he's 40% down. And uh, here's uh, the views now of Simon Humphreys. He runs the shop called Make Me a Cakey. Called what, sorry? Make Me a Cakey. What a fantastic name. Um, I kind of am pretty disgusted, really. I, I used to be a builder for many years. Um, if I had turned up and 
taken works on the way they have here, I wouldn't I wouldn't have been on the job more than a week. It's it's a shambles to be honest. It's it's so bad. It's it's, it's an embarrassment. We drove out of here yesterday, and on the way out up the high street, um, we came across must have been six or seven of the workmen. Now we had um, two people scratching their privates, two people on the phone, two people sitting down talking, and one person doing his shoelaces. Not one person was working. How does that make you feel? Well, considering that's our taxes that pay for that, uh, it's not just a case of how I feel. I think it should be a case of how everybody feels because we're the ones that are paying for it. And do you think the council care about you? Not, not one bit. Not one bit. They just started up some kind of voucher scheme to help try and get the public back in here. Um, well, basically what they're asking now is for us as retailers to offer further discounts, even though we're already losing money, to try and get the public back up here. Mm. You know, you've got businesses that have been here 25 years that are literally sitting there because people can't even get in their, in their restaurants, in their stores. Yeah. It's disgraceful. It's total shambles. Total and utter shambles. Justin, say the name of that gentleman's shop again. Make me a cakey. I love the name of that <laughs> shop. I also love the way that you say it. I, I genuinely do. <laughs> it's a frustrating thing, and, and these businesses really are struggling. And, and, and in a time when uh, we should be supporting small independent businesses, it, it, it is bad news, isn't well, it? Absolutely. You, know, you, you talk to anybody up there, you know, it's taken them years to, uh, to build up this high street. It's a very, very successful high street. It's full of local independent traders. You don't walk up there like most high streets and there's lots of empty shops. That's not the case. It's been very, very successful. Uh, people just think, the public think, the old town is shut. They can't get parked. They're not using these shops. And later, you're going to be hearing from a trader who is being taken to court by the Coran mm. Council because she is refusing to pay her business rates while these roadworks are taking place. And have I got it right, Justin? There's a meeting this morning at 8.30 and you're going to be outside that meeting and, and uh, trying to find out what's happening. Yeah, you mentioned at the start of your programme this morning and you think it might be a feisty one today. I think this meeting meeting is going to be very, very feisty. 8.30 this morning, the Old Town Hall. There will be a meeting with the businesses and also Decorum Borough Council. And we have got the council live on your show just after 7.30. Justin, thank you very much. Can I grab you a bit later on to talk about English football players? Absolutely. Thank you, you very much, my dear. If you use uh, the Old Town in Hemel, have you been put off using it because of uh, the roadworks that are going there? Do you understand what the shopkeepers are talking about? 08459 455555. 40% down, a small independent music store. It's not good news, is it? For the second show
go wrong with the Carpenters? They've not recorded a Duff song. Apart from Jambalaya, that, that, that's terrible. Hands up who's seen the Carpenters live. Hands up. Oh, only me. Only me. I say live. They weren't singing, but I was... Four foot away from Karen Carpenter. Four foot away from Karen Carpenter. I was eight years old. I didn't know who she was. What a muppet. I was more excited about seeing Bernie Clifton. Seriously, Bernie Clifton on his ostrich. Uh, the, same, the same venue. I was more excited about seeing him than I was about seeing Karen Carpenter. What a muppet. It's 6.15. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now from Adam Glynn. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers, Ian. Good morning. Things looking pretty good on the main routes through the three counties. We've had no accidents reported so far today and it's a clear run looking at the cameras on the M40 as you go past the roadwork section up at Tame Junction 7. If you're going through High Wycombe, the A40 has some temporary traffic lights. This is roadworks near Mill End Road. In Langford, the High Street is uh, closed off at the minute because of roadworks around the A6001. They're going on near Station Road, and they should hopefully be finishing off those works later today. So you might encounter a bit of disruption trying to drive through there because of the roadworks. Something to bear in mind if you're flying today from Luton, disruption is possible to France and some other European destinations. It's an industrial action being taken again by air traffic control workers in France. So flights through French airspace could, of course, be affected by that to other European destinations as well. Looking at the trains and no disruption so far today. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. Good to see the French fancy another day off work. Well done, then. I mean, they're having industrial action, of course. 6.16, it's Thursday, the 10th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing plans to overhaul the UK's immigration laws with tighter checks on tenants, applicants for driving licences and people opening bank accounts. The head of the UK's border forces admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his after the midfielder said English people, uh, the English people who should play for England are the English. Eh? We'll be talking about that a bit later on. We'll investigate that story a little bit further. Coming up, people in the three counties are having to wait for up to three months to access treatment for depression and anxiety orders. Well, uh, have you suffered like that? Have you found you've had to wait? 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Even with an international break this weekend, Three Counties Sport still brings you loads of live football. Loads of live football. Goal for the Dogs, Patrick Bamford yet again. Leighton Orient versus MK Dons. Stevenage at home to Brentford. And it's gone in. Great goal, Stevenage. Wickham hosts Torquay. Great finish. Superb goal from the Blues made by Bloomfield. And Luton entertain Hyde. The Hatters have scored again. Three Counties Sport, Saturday from 2 on BBC Three Counties Radio. on board We gonna ride till there ain't no more to go Taking it slow And Lord don't you know I'll have me a time with a poor man's lady Hitching on a twilight train 
never does anybody any harm. Now, people in the three counties are having to wait up to three months to access treatment for depression and anxiety disorders, according to a charity in Bucks. Subola leads the counselling team at Buckinghamshire Mind, who deal with patients referred to them by the NHS. They say they're trying to reduce the backlog. Well, Sue is on the line now. Good morning, Sue. Good morning. How, how big a problem is this? Um, well, obviously it's a huge problem and there's uh, something that we're working very hard towards alleviating um, and, it, and it does affect a lot of people. Some people might suggest that, that three months isn't that long, but I, I guess if you're, you're in the, the depths of a dark depression, if that black dog is sitting in your room with you, uh, three months is, is a lifetime, isn't it? It, it absolutely is. And um, when you're in crisis, if somebody is in, is, is in a real crisis, they obviously they want somebody to talk to there and then. And um, what we really want to do is capture people in that moment so that we can make an early intervention to prevent the um, depression from deepening and worsening. And, um, you know, sometimes people are at risk of, of, of hurting themselves through it as well. So, uh, yeah, we, 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 we would like to see that reduced. Why is there such a backlog, do you think? Um, I think there is a, 
I think depression is um, a very common ailment that affects people. Um, there are one in four people at any time um, suffering from some form of mental illness and depression and anxiety are very common forms of, of mental illness. Uh, so there are a lot of referrals made to GPs and to mental health services and uh, it's um, the, 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 the resources for these people are, are, are very few and far between, mainly due, I think, to a lack of funding. How are GPs these days at dealing with, with things like depression and anxiety? Because I've heard stories from, from friends and family in the past about some GPs being quite dismissive of it. And mm. uh, you have to be lucky with who you see. Is that still the case? No, I, I think most GPs are very um, sympathetic towards um, such illnesses and uh, have quite a lot of insight into them, um, especially now that uh, there's a lot more information about out there um, regarding depression and anxiety. So I think on the whole, GPs do try very hard to um, get people seen as quickly as possible. Um, there, there is um, a service to which they... Um, have a directive to uh, refer which is healthy minds in buckinghamshire um but uh um that offers one particular form of therapy um, which isn't suitable for everybody although it certainly has um, its place and provides an excellent service um, and of course you know there are a lot of referrals made to that and for those referrals that aren't suitable to that service there are few few and far between services who can actually pick up that shortfall. Quite often as well, when uh, uh, GPs refer a, a patient for a, a talking therapy, th- the sessions aren't that long. It could be six or 12 sessions, which, which to, to resolve or, or at least get someone on the right path uh, towards being well again, six or 12 sessions isn't really a lot, is it? No, no. Um, it's, it's, sometimes it's not. Sometimes that short-term solution-focused therapy works very well mm. um, because it helps people... Um, retain a grasp on on what they need to do and uh looks helps them focus on their goals and often does work very well indeed um but uh for other um mental health difficulties um a longer term approach is more suitable we do offer that mm. um at buck's mind we, we we do have the capacity for offering longer term work um in cases where we feel that uh that would be beneficial so we certainly don't discharge people just because they've had their their 10 sessions or 12 sessions and um but and, and that's it. So the, with the situation with people waiting up to three months, what, what would you like to see change? Um, I would like to see more funding ploughed into um, mental health services such as ourselves so that we can um, recruit and take on more um, counsellors. Um, we have to take into account the fact that each counsellor has to have supervision, so that has to be funded as well. Um, if we could if we could take on more counsellors and expand our services then we could certainly see people much more quickly so i appreciate your time this morning thank you very much subola leads the uh, counselling team at buckinghamshire mind if you have suffered from a, a mental illness of any kind how, how were you treated when you went to the doctors did uh, did you have to wait for a long time for for any kind of help oh eight four five nine four double five five double five you can also go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR or send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Sometimes I feel like. 
life that gentleman has lived hasn't he what a varied i saw mark Holman live many years ago and what a fantastic show he put on and uh, more power to his elbow i think that's a phrase i think it is morning this is ian lee bbc three counties radio if you want to give me a call 08459 455 555 it's coming up to 629 let's get the travel with adam glynn Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Problems on the M25 at South Mims. This is anti-clockwise and traffic is currently being held. The motorway is completely blocked while the emergency services attend to an overturned vehicle. It's in the outside lane, anti-clockwise, just after the end of the roadworks, so pretty much just after Junction 23 there at the A1M. Already congestion is solid back to Potter's Bar as nothing for the moment is getting through. The rest of the M25 is looking okay. No problems clockwise reported this morning and things on the rest of the motorway routes through the three counties are also looking good. We're doing well on the A40. No troubles on the M1 that I can see on the cameras or the A1M. Through Dunstable, the A5 is starting to slow up just a little bit on the speed sensors, mainly on the northbound side from the two A505 junctions. We're looking pretty good on the trains. No major delays reported. If you're heading into London, though, there are some minor delays on the Northern Line tube. This is between Camden Town and Kennington, and it's a signal failure at Angel that could affect your journey. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, Luton. Disruption is possible to flights to and from France and some other European destinations because of air traffic control workers taking industrial action. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. 
across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. The government is announcing plans to overhaul the UK's immigration laws with tighter checks on tenants, applicants for driving licences and people opening bank accounts. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. And Luton Airport is advising passengers to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said the only people who should play for England are English people. Wilshere has since criticised what he called poor journalism, but the Arsenal manager told the BBC he supports his players' comments. I agree with him. I always said that as well, that an English manager should manage the English team. Because if we go not clear on that, the national teams will become like the clubs. They will buy uh, players to buy passports. Wenger's comments come on the day the BBC's State of the Game study found that English footballers now account for less than a third of all the minutes played in the Premier League. The figure, 31.8%, is significantly lower than all other major European leagues. In La Liga, Spaniards make up 59% of all minutes played, while in the Bundesliga, Germans make up 50%. The Arsenal defender Carl Jenkinson's in line to make his debut for the England under-21s in tonight's European Championship qualifier against San Marino. Jenkinson has a Finnish mother and previously played for Finland. And finally, cricket hotspot technology will not be used in this winter's Ashes series in Australia no! after the host broadcaster chose to drop the system over concerns about its cost and reliability. Yes! Former England spinner Phil Tufnell says Australians don't trust the technology after a series of contentious rulings this summer. I think the Aussies, they've had enough of it and they've just said, OK, they said it's too expensive, but I think also they're thinking we've just had enough of it and let's get on and play the cricket. I can remember talking to the guy who you know, was sort of in control of Hotspot, and he said it's not a hundred percent right all the time, which which was a bit of a shock. So there's obviously some concerns there from the Aussies. That's your latest news and sports. Oh. More at seven. You're disgusted with oh, that, aren't you? Blimmin' Australians! Do you like a hotspot? What's a hotspot? Not a prize. Is that right? Was it good? What, what's what, what's a hotspot? Not what's, I never watched that. What's strike a, it lucky. Strike it lucky with Michael Barrymore. I think we can say his name again now. Uh, what's a hotspot? Not I don't. Oh, I don't. Oh wait. Oh, oh wait. Four five nine four double five five double five. What's a hotspot? Not apart from one hundred percent accurate, according to Phil Tufnell. There you go. You see. Listen, we're going to play um, Tina Charles. Love to. I, I love to dance. Oh yeah. I love to love. Yeah, but my baby just loves to dance. There's you an interesting to... story going on in the background there, isn't there? Well, you, you, you think you know what this song's about. Yeah. Go on. She's barking up the wrong tree there. <laughs> you think that the gentleman, her boyfriend, is possibly uh, gay because she wants to have sex with him and he's like, I'm too busy dancing, love. No one loves disco that much. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Seriously? Three Counties Radio. What's a hotspot not? It was Barrymore and Strike It Lucky, wasn't it? What's a hotspot not? A good spot? What, what did he say? 08459 455 555. I can see the direction this show's uh, going to head. We're talking about uh, Hemel's Old Town and uh, the uh, shopkeepers there are very unhappy because the uh, roadworks, I think they're turning the street into a one-way street. The roadworks were supposed to have finished, well, soon. Could go on until Christmas. Marcus texted in. He says, what exactly are they doing in the high street? There seems to be a lot of towns across the UK replacing slabs and curbs, etc. But the UK's got no money. Well, I guess they're investing. It's an investment, isn't it, Mark, to try and draw more people to uh, to the town to spend a few quid. 
Now, there's a story that I... Listen, as you know, dear listener, I'm not a fan of sport. I have very little sporting knowledge, apart from the tennis. No, not tennis. Snooker. That's the one, isn't it? I don't even know the names of them. Snooker and darts, I like. The rest of them you can stuff. Uh, but but Jack Wilshire, who is a, a, an England football player, he's from Hertfordshire as well, keeping it local and vocal, says that only... Eng- well, what exactly is he saying, Justin? I'm getting very confused about this. Only English yeah. players, only people born in England should play for England. Is that what he's saying? No, what, 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 what he's talking about here? Well, he's well, talking, well, oh, hang on a second. Well, whoa, 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 whoa. Well, 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 well. Calm yourself down. Well, well, well. Uh, what Good, he's saying By the is, way, great dance to Neil Diamond's Crackling Rosie earlier on. Yes, it was very erotic, wasn't it? <laughs> wasn't it uh, yes, yeah, so what he's saying is uh, that there is a five-year rule from FIFA which says if you live in a country for five years, that makes you eligible to play for that particular country. Really? If you haven't played for another oh. country before. Some players, of course, uh, they can play for a, a whole host of countries because they may have, uh, I don't know, a mother from Spain, a father from Denmark. So it makes you eligible to play for a whole right. host of countries. What he's saying is that... that you should be English if you want to play for England. And that, by that, to me, is layman's terms. But, but, but by English, he means born in England? Yes, that's what he's saying, and I, I totally agree. You know, I, I, for, for years now, I, I've been a, a big believer in this. You get these people that go off and play for, for Wales. Now, no disrespect to the Welsh squad, but that Welsh squad is not particularly good. No. So you may have somebody who's got, I don't know, uh, the, they've got a Welsh uncle. That m- would make them eligible to I, play for Wales, but I, then they could go and play international football because they weren't good enough to play for England. I, I believe Michael... Is Michael Owen play for Wales? Michael Owen play for England. Oh, OK. Um, Gareth Southgate, did he play for Wales? He played for England. There's a man who played for Wales. Yeah. Would that be Vinnie Jones? No, there was another man, a good man. Yeah. It's a, a good man. man. <laughs> there was a good man who played for yeah. Wales. Oh, a good man. Ryan Giggs. Right, yeah. He played for Wales. Yeah, but he's Welsh. But he could have played for England. Ex- oh, exactly mm. my point, you see. But he didn't. He when he didn't think that he'd be good enough to play for England, so he chose Wales. Tough. Well, no, he he was he was very good enough. You know, he was a fantastic player. He definitely could have played for England. But is he the one that karate kicked that man? Uh, no, that was Eric Cantona. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> but you know, he's Welsh, so he wants to play. Eric Cantona's not Welsh, mate. No, he's not Welsh. He's French. But but Ryan Giggs, Ryan Giggs was Welsh. He wanted to play for his own country. I don't Idiot. understand anybody who is not right. uh, English. Who wants to play okay. for England. Where would the passion come so from? So you're saying you've got to be born in England to play for England? Absolutely. I give you Kevin Peterson. Kevin Peterson? What, the cricket player? Yeah, South African. He plays for England. Yeah. We're not talking about uh, cricket, though, No, no, we? we're talking about sports. So, yeah, we are talking about cricket. Yeah, so it's the same thing. It's the same thing. I don't understand. You know, what, what, how can you how can you relate to your country that you're playing for if you weren't born there? So, Kevin Peterson... Well, whoa, 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 that's a massive thing you've just said no, there. No, it's not. No, why? How can you relate to your country you play Properly. for if you weren't born there? Properly. Well, then, th- then that is saying that, that uh, English, British citizens who weren't born here but have no. made the choice to live here can't... Uh, no appreciate their country as much. We're talking about football. Now, if I was a decent football player, back in the day I had a a sweet left foot. Now, (laughs) if I had have gone on to play international football... You've got a nice right (laughs) I could have played for England or I could have played for Ireland because the majority of my family are Irish. Why would I want to go and play for Ireland when I was born in England and I'm English? You're saying Kevin Peterson... I'm not talking about Kevin Peterson. But, okay, you're not talking about Kevin Peterson, but you're saying that Kevin Peterson shouldn't be allowed 
abroad to play for uh, the England cricket team because he's South African. Well, we're talking about football, but if you're going to make it into a cricket discussion... A sport well, discussion. Well, yes, a sport discussion. If somebody is born in England and they want to go and play for the national team, great. But if you are born... You shouldn't be allowed to. If you're not born in this country, you're okay. not English, are you? I'm going to say two words to you, mate, and then mm. we're going to get your reaction to this. Mm. Mo Farah. Okay. He wasn't born in this country. No, he wasn't. So sh- should he be allowed... He was running for uh, Team GB at well, the Olympics. Well, he's, he's been talking about it. He's saying, you know, it's about time we gave people more of a, a fairer chance than, yes, you know, an inspirational man, but at the end of the day, you know, wasn't born in this country. So, so you're... Hang on a minute. This is crazy. No, it's not. You're saying that Mo Farah shouldn't be, have been allowed to run for Team GB in the Olympics. You've got to look at every situation. He's the Mobot. His, his situation is very, very different. Why? Uh, wh- What's different between him and Kevin Peterson? What is... And this, or this Belgian lad that, that might be playing for the England football team. What's you different? Got, you've got to look at their lifestyles and their background. Why? That's what you've got to look at. Why? What okay? does the, what's that got to do with it? Well, it's got a lot to do with it. It's got everything to do with it. You know, Their he, lifestyles? Mm-hmm. Mo Farah, I'm sure, feels 100% British. D- does the man we're talking about in question playing in this country in the Premier League feel 100% British? Probably not. Well, have you spoken to him? Have you spoken mm-hmm. to Kevin Peterson? No, I haven't. No. Could you oh, do no. that? Look, I think the majority of our listeners this morning would agree with me. If oh. you want to play football for the England team, the England team, you should be born in this country. To to have somebody who was born abroad playing for England, they're not English. Justin, thank you very much. We'll, uh, well, let's put it out there. I find this fascinating. I don't even particularly like sports. What do you think? Do you agree with Justin that if, if you, you can only play for the England team if you were born in England? But if you extrapolate and apply that to other sports, where does that leave Kevin Peterson? Where does that leave Mo Farah? 08459 555 555. Call 08459 555 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. It's an interesting one, isn't it? It's an interesting one. Now, flights from London Luton Airport could be disrupted today due to a strike by French air traffic controllers. Louise Ross is from the airport. Good morning, Louise. Hello, Ian. Good morning. What exactly is going on today? Okay, well, the French air traffic controllers went on strike at 6 o'clock our time this morning, and they're going to be on strike until 7 p.m. this evening. And so we're going to be picking up some delays throughout the day because of that. Will will any flights be cancelled? Yes, I believe there will be. Um, We've already got a couple of cancellations today, um, both Ryanair, one uh, that was due to depart at 6.10 for Nîmes, and there's one at 9.50 for Bézier in France. That's been cancelled, but we haven't got confirmation of anything else at this stage. And do you know uh, what other flights might be affected, what the delays could be? Okay, well, it's not just flights to and from France, it's anything that's passing through French airspace, so conceivably it could be any destination uh, today. But you don't know specifically which ones yet? No, because it's one of those things, you know, it's an as-it-happens type of scenario. How does Um, it work? Is is it easy to to divert an aeroplane around French airspace? What, what, what What are the rules on that? I'm really sorry. That's not my area of expertise. I wouldn't know. But France is quite big, isn't it? It is quite big. It's it's quite a a task doing that. So we are showing some delays on our departure boards at the moment. Okay. Um, Anywhere between 10 minutes and an hour for for most destinations at the moment. So we'd ask passengers to check with their airline before setting out for the airport today. Louise, listen, thank you very much indeed. And uh, we, we may speak to you a little bit later on in the show to see how things are developing. Right. Now listen to this and bear in mind that Catherine Boyle suspects that her boyfriend may be gay. See what you think. 
Take the hint, Tina. Take the hint. Move on, girl. Never has a woman with such an irritating, screeching voice had such a big hit. Oh, I can't bear it anymore. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still problems on the M25 anti-clockwise. It is now open again, but two lanes of the three are still closed off. This is an overturned car being recovered at the A1M, junction 23 of the M25 anti-clockwise. As you go past South Mims there, the congestion pretty solid back to Potter's Bar. Traffic was only let past in the last sort of 10-15 minutes or so as the emergency services have been attending to an overturned car in the outside lane just after the end of the roadworks. And it's the outside two lanes, so the middle lane and the outside lane that are still closed and all traffic's just trying to sneak past in lane one. Further back anti-clockwise, traffic starting to build up at the other end of the roadworks, so already starting to slow up Waltham Abbey to Enfield. It's likely that'll just end up being one big queue soon. Bear in mind some roadworks on the A418 through Wingrave. You have temporary lights up between the Wingrave Crossroads and Park Gate. And then in Beerton you have some temporary lights, and this is near Burcott Lane. Trains are running well, but if you're going to London, the Northern Line Tube has minor delays southbound via Bank, Camden Town to Kennington because of a signal failure at Angel. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you, Adam. More from him just before seven. It's coming up to 6.46. It's Thursday, the 10th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is announcing plans to overhaul the UK's immigration laws with tighter checks on tenants, applicants for driving licences and people opening bank accounts. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his mid- midfielder said the only people who should play for England are the English. English! Excuse me. Coming up, the government is setting out plans to toughen immigration laws. Or maybe that'll affect the England football team. We'll have more on that in a little bit. 08459 455 555. Before that, let's get the latest weather. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello? I can hear someone whispering. Who is it who is it we're supposed to have today? We don't know. Hello hello weather. Sh- sh- listen, she's talking to a mate. Let's have a listen. Sh- sh- sh. She's on the phone. Oh, and we should we should probably stop listening there. Although I'm tempted to listen more. We should probably stop listening there. Oh dear, I feel like, I feel uncomfortable. Um, well, the weather will be uh, chilly and uh, awkward. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Don't we want to know who got on her high horse? Don't we want to know? She's on the telephone! Weather! Naughty weather, naughty. I'm sure there's. I'm sure there's an excellent reason for it, and um, we'll, we'll maybe we'll find out a bit later on. Now, people in the three counties are having to wait up to three months to access treatment for depression and anxiety disorders. That's according to a charity in Bucks. Well, Giles is from Aylesbury. Morning, Giles. 
Good morning. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you, Giles. You, you've you've um, d- d- you've suffered from mental illness, have you? Is that correct? I, I did. I, I I suffered from depression. It's a couple of a few years ago now, actually. Yeah. And um, well, a couple of years ago, and it was due to an underlying medical illness. But that's a different story completely. And uh, after going to the, the my NHS doctor, um, at probably my lowest point I've ever felt, I think really. Um, they 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 put me onto um, uh, healthy minds. And I, 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 it was a sigh of relief. Fantastic. Mm. Uh, you know, I, I'd been referred to someone, somebody who was going to help me. Um, they offer you a telephone consultation, which, you know, they ask you a, a half an hour's worth of questions and uh, base their decisions on that. And from that, they then sent me a pack out um, mm. and, and said, right, we're going to speak to you soon. You know, and I thought, absolutely brilliant. Everything's fine. Yeah. So, you know, I've been saved, as it were. And um, uh, I got the pack through, read through it, and it was about 60 pages or something. And then it said they were going to give me a, a telephone, a, again, another t- a telephone meeting to, um, to, to go through it and, and help me. And there was, okay, that's there was, progress. There was no, yeah, but there was no one-on-one. And at oh. that time, I really wanted, uh, you know, one-on-one sort of yeah. uh, communication with somebody about how I was feeling. And I, I looked at it and really, you know, I, I, I choose, choose another course in the end. But I, I felt really a bit sort of let down. Um, that uh, they they couldn't you, you want to speak to somebody face to face. I think it, it, when I was in that low low state, I didn't want to sit at home on my own, looking through fifty pages of no. of, of stuff. So. You don't want to work. Listen, I, I I suffer from depression. I've I've seen people, and I'm on pills and all those kind of things. Uh, and I, I know exactly when you're at your lowest, which I'm not now. Touch wood, thank God. No, me uh, but when you're at your lowest, you are desperate. You are desperate. The thoughts that are going on in your head are incredible, and you are very desperate. And to be sent yeah. to be sent, you know, sixty pages of homework. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not what you want, is it? No, it wasn't at all. And in fairness, I mean, I chose a different path to, to, to try and make myself better. Mm. And it, the, speaking to other people in similar situations um, probably did more good for me than, mm. than reading any, any paperwork ever. But uh, and you know, how, how are things now, Giles? You, you, you on the up? Oh yeah, good. Yeah, good. I, I, I don't. I, mean, I don't think you ever get rid of it. No. But I, I don't. I don't suffer with it anymore. I, you know. So no, all good. I can't. Uh, I can't. I can't grumble now. Giles, I appreciate you coming on. I appreciate your honesty. It's a tough one, isn't it? Oh eight four five nine four double five five double five. If you want to share your stories, let's have a little bit of the small faces, shall we? Yes. Why not? Over the bridge of sights to rest my eyes in shades of green. Under dreaming spots To Ichiku Park That's where I've been What did you do there? I got high What did you feel there?
BBC Three Counties Radio. Well, it, it turns out that the, the fault with uh, the weather may not have been the, the weather lady's fault. It could be a technical problem. Our end. We're having problems. We have a, a, a little dull, geeky thing for you radio fanatics. We have a system here called ISDM, which is like a super slick phone line that allows us to have... Make, allows the presenters and other people to sound like they're in the studio when they're, when they're not. And uh, we're trying to get to our reporter, Paul Rowley, via the magic of the ISDN line. It ain't working. So, if there are any BBC Three Counties technical bods listening to this, uh, could you pull your finger out and uh, come and sort it out for us? How would Nick Coffer deal with this? Every weekday from 12, Nick Coffer brings you... 30 years ago, Doug Moody set up the Green Bank Music School in Luton with a philosophy that music should be fun. It was getting other people involved, um, just doing everything. I'm just a person that just loves to do things. Nick Coffer. EOS have decided that for their September show, they'll be performing their version of the Tony Award-winning musical Rent. 525,600 minutes. Quirkology follows the clumsy, life of Rupert Quirk. A lot of people have actually said, you know, he's just uh, an exaggerated version of yourself. Nick Coffer, weekdays from 12 now. on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's have a look at the front pages, shall we? I wonder if, if our computer system starts working. Turn it off and turn it on again. That normally works, doesn't it? That normally works. Type it on the screen if you're going to uh, say something to me. Um, now, th- let's have a quick look at the papers. Now, the Daily Express would normally, would normally have a, a, a vacuous... Um, health story on the front page. Instead, they've got police have new suspects. Scotland Yard detectives to release pictures soon. Uh, in the hunt for Madeleine McCann. That's the story they're going with. I said, Daily Express, you've dropped the ball because nearly all of the other newspapers um, have got on the front page, the, the Independent, the Times, have got on the front page... Scientists hail historic breakthrough in war against Alzheimer's. The one time there is actually an historic breakthrough in the war against Alzheimer's, the Express have ignored it. The Express have ignored it. We'll have a look at those in a little bit. I believe we may have got our computer system working, which means I can go to uh, uh, our reporter, Paul. The the, the government is setting out plans to toughen immigration laws under the proposals. Temporary migrants from outside the European Union face having to pay for using public services such as the NHS. In addition, measures are being introduced to stop illegal immigrants getting bank accounts and driving licence. Well, our political reporter, Paul Rowley, joins me to explain more. Morning, Paul. Good morning, Sorry for the delay there. It's a little technical's hour end. How significant is this? It's a strengthening of the existing law, partly to counter the claim that we're a soft touch for immigrants who aren't entitled to be here or or, or staying longer than they should. At present, if a migrant is facing deportation, there are no fewer than 17 different avenues where you can lodge an appeal. That's going to be reduced to to just four. The the change is largely as a result of the case of Abu Qatada, who managed to stay in Britain for the best part of 20 years before finally being sent home to Jordan to face terrorism 
charges. His lawyers were accused of stringing it out in the courts using different grounds for appeal to avoid deportation for so long. Plus, there are now going to be tougher measures to stop illegal immigrants getting things like bank accounts and driving licences. How practical are these proposals, though? Because it kind of means that the, 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 the man on the street, people working in banks, have to become the, the enforcement officers, don't they? That's the difficulty, you know, that uh, all of a sudden you find bank managers and private landlords being forced to do the work of immigration officials, uh, and they've not got the experience for that. And the other thing is, if they don't do it, they face prosecution. So, for example, banks will be required to check a database of known immigration offenders be- before allowing somebody to open an account. But I don't know if I'm being naive here, but clearly, I mean, I, s- I suspect you could forge your application or you oh, could get so somebody cynical. else's name. Or if you are an illegal immigrant, well, we don't know who you are because you're illegal. You've got in by the back door. Similarly, uh, you've got to do it for driving licences and for landlords. You know, if you've not got the proper paperwork, well, how do you know? So this is a problem. And I think the, the, the civil liberties pressure groups and, and the Labour Party saying, look, this is not going to work. What's interesting is this comes as the head of the UK's border forces admitted passengers coming into the country on private jets are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. It's extraordinary, isn't it? Sir Charles Montgomery, the the Director General of the Border Force, was giving evidence to the Commons Home Affairs Committee yesterday, and it seems that Luton, which is is Britain's busiest airport for private flights, effectively, if you come in on a private jet, and maybe there's only one or two people on board that, you go to a different part of the airport to to the rest of us. Uh, It's a different part of the terminal, and often because of pressure in the main terminal, they haven't got sufficient staff to meet the aircraft. Uh, they, they see the passengers supposedly but not the aircraft itself so I mean potentially people could be getting around this. Now a lot of the MPs are saying look this is incomprehensible can't you deploy extra resources to see this because it could clearly be if, they, if it is the busiest airport in this country for private flights it could be exploited and maybe there's a suggestion behind the scenes well if they, they've got a private jet you're clearly a, a rich person and uh, you know uh, and you're paying pr- pretty heavy fees you would have thought to, to use Luton Airport that kind of it's not seen as a priority. So I suspect as a result of this admission, <laughs> the checks are going to be pretty mm. tougher in future. Paul, thank you for your patience this morning. It's appreciated. Paul Rowley there. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Two lanes still closed on the anti-clockwise M25 after a car overturned just after A1M at Junction 23. That's South Mims. Recovery work continues. Traffic getting past in lane one. Further back, it's slow coming into the roadworks Waltham Abbey to Enfield. Busy now on the M1 London bound as you approach Redbourne at Junction 9. The A1 into London looking slow through Boreham Wood from Stirling Corner toward Apex Corner. Some minor delays for the Northern Line tube. This is via Bank. It's Camden Town to Kennington and it's a signal failure at Angel. Trains through the three counties though, running well. Adam Glynn BBC Three Counties Radio. Hey, well done for cramming that in, Adam. Thank you. Thank you indeed. Coming up in the next hour, should only English players be allowed to play for England? Have you struggled to get help for your anxiety or your depression? And what exactly is upsetting the shopkeepers in the old town in Hemel Hempstead? Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Good morning, 
It's seven o'clock. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines. Government announces immigration overhaul. French strike threatens to disrupt Luton flights. And fears roadworks could put Hemel traders out of business. BBC Three Counties Radio. The Home Secretary, Theresa May, is announcing plans to overhaul the UK's immigration laws. The government is proposing that temporary migrants from outside the EU should pay to use the NHS, as free health care is one of the pull factors encouraging people to come to the UK. Don Flynn from the Migrants' Rights Network says there's no evidence of that. There are very small numbers of migrants who come here with pre-existing health conditions and find themselves registering with the health services. It's something less than 2% of all, all people coming into the country with the intention of living and working here for a period. Um, so I, don't, I simply do not believe that there is any significant evidence that something like the NHS is a pull factor. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. St Charles Montgomery told the Commons Public Accounts Committee that his staff don't always have time to meet private planes, the majority of which land at Luton. Meanwhile, London Luton Airport passengers are being warned to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. The airport's website says flights to and from France as well as those travelling through French airspace are likely to be affected. And Louise Ross from the airport says the impact's already being felt. We've already got a couple of cancellations today, um, both Ryanair, one at, uh, that was due to depart at 6.10 for Nîmes, and there's one at 9.50 for Bézier in France. That's been cancelled, but we haven't got confirmation of anything else at this stage. Passengers are being advised to check before they travel today. Shopkeepers in Hemel's Old Town are demanding compensation for lost trade due to overrunning roadworks. Work on the new one-way system was supposed to be completed by the end of the month, but traders are now being told it could take until the end of the year. Barry Garvin says that could mean the end for his music shop. We're about 40% down on what we should be taking. We're at the situation where we cannot pay invoices that were due in August. Um, as a result, we cannot buy stock for the Christmas trade. You can see looking around you, the street is completely deserted. There's nowhere to stop, nowhere to park. And it should have been finished this month. And now they're talking about seven-week um, road closures starting the 14th of October. It's going to kill us all off, every single one of us. British scientists believe they've moved a significant step closer to developing a drug which can stop Alzheimer's, Parkinson's and other degenerative brain diseases. Experiments on mice have shown for the first time that a chemical can completely halt the death of brain cells. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after the midfielder said yesterday that only English people should play for England. But the Arsenal manager told the BBC he agrees with his player, saying, and if we're not clear, national teams will become like a club. Players will buy passports. The weather, cold and windy today with a chance of showers and a top temperature of 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Thank you, Catherine. Hey, it's cold, isn't it? It's cold. Don't don't get me wrong. I like the cold. I just need, need to kind of build up a resistance to it. Thick coat coming out. The heating may get turned on today. Where are we? The 10th of uh, October. The heating may get turned on. We'll see. Have you turned yours on yet? When did you turn your heating on? Lots coming up on the show between now and 8 o'clock, including shop owners in the old town in Hemel Hempstead say roadworks are severely affecting their trade and could put them out of business. Are you suffering from mental health issues? Well, bad luck, you could be waiting a long time for treatment. Keen to get your stories on that. 
also this Jack Wilshire, this football gentleman who said that you should only play for the England team if you're English. Well, what exactly does that mean, being English? He means if you're born in England. Well, that would exclude Kevin Peterson from the cricket team and Mo Farah from the runners. What are your thoughts on that? You can go to facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. You can send me a text 81333. Start your text 3CR. Or, this is my preferred way of uh, discussing these things, you can give me a call. 08459 455 555. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Do you know what, um... Do you know what actually would warm me up? Nice cup of tea. Ooh, Soph... So what are the chances of what are the chances of having a nice cup of Rosie Lee, Soph? Well, you know, I am a little bit busy and I'm actually trying to ring someone right now. Yeah, I know, but but I mean the, the, let's be honest, the tea is I like your glasses when I've they do. I've got three different headphones on, <laughs> a pair of glasses. You've gone all Eric Morecambe on me. But but a cup of tea would mean that the show right just ran a little bit smoother. Who are you trying to phone? Anyone important? I'm trying to phone someone about the badger cull. Oh. Look, she's on the phone now. She can hear me talking to you. Well, don't don't let her know that I think t- my cup of tea is more important than Badger's, but it is. All right, then. Thank I'll you, tell her. Thank you. For, no, don't. The Badger call's been a disaster, by the way. The Badgers have moved the goalposts, says Owen Patterson, the MP in charge of it. The Badgers have moved the goalposts? We'll be talking about that a little bit later on. Fascinating story. But before that... Shop owners in the old town in Hemel Hempstead say roadworks are severely affecting their trade and could put them out of business. The works, to put a one-way system in, started back in June and uh, had due to finish at the end of this month, but because of delays could go on for much longer. Well, later this morning, a meeting will take place between shops, Hertfordshire County Council, Decorum Borough Council and the contractors to get an update on why the work is taking so long. Hands up who thinks there might be a lot of buck passing taking place there. Anyone? It's not my fault, Gov, it's the person sitting on my left. Well, joining me now is one of those affected uh, business owners. It's Michelle Smith, who runs an antique shop in the Old Town. Good morning, Michelle. Good morning. How long has this been going on for? Well, it's been going on since the middle of June. And what exactly is happening outside your shop? Um, Well, all along the road, obviously, we've got complete disruption. We have uh, the Old Town car park by the church is a building site, and then we have cones all along. It's already one way and has been for some time. And so how has it affected y- your antique shop? Well, my shop personally has been greatly affected because it's the kind of shop that completely relies on the And, you know, I don't sell to people unless they come in and perhaps see something they didn't know they wanted. Mm. It's affected all the businesses, obviously, but particularly the businesses that need footfall. No, these are retailers. Could you put a figure on it, Michelle? Is there a percentage in, in, in how much business do you think you've lost? Um, I don't know that I can personally because I've had to shut my shop quite oh. a lot of the time and go out selling elsewhere, but oh. a lot of the other shopkeepers are selling anything between, well, 40 and 70%. Which is an incredible lost figure. lost in business. Yeah. And you mentioned the footfall there. What's what's the street like? Are people just not able to walk past your shop anymore? It's not really that they can't walk. It's just that they don't come. Right. Um, during the week, it's just like a morgue. There is no footfall at all. Mm. 
um, when the work's sort of going on. At the weekends, uh, we've got minimal footfall. Um, the Jacksons, you know, they don't work on Saturdays and Sundays, just during the week. And it, 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 this could go on for much longer. How, do, how does that make you feel? Absolutely desperate. Before the began, um, all of us have experienced dwindling footfall for the last seven years. Um, this was in part because we had no bus service coming through, which obviously has a knock-on effect. But we've all been suffering for a long time. And whilst, you know, the majority of people are, are very happy that these works are happening in as much as we're hoping it will improve things and improve footfall for the old town to make it look nicer and increase on-street parking, um, we just can't hang on until these works are finished with no compensation or any help because we're just going to go under it's it's it's, it's absolutely dreadful i can't really overstate it is that is that a realistic prospect michelle that, that your shop might have to close it certainly is for me and it certainly is for several other niche businesses up here um you know there's lots of small niche retailers like the music shop the cake shop um you know there are lots of niche traders that need the footfall let, let me just read you this, Michelle. We, we did ask uh, Hertfordshire County Council to uh, to come on the show this morning. They, they declined our request. We then asked them for a statement, which they refused to provide. Instead, what the County Council said was it was Decorum Borough Council who are leading on the project for and on behalf of Hertfordshire County Council. Uh, how does that make you feel? I just feel that everybody is blaming each other. Um... If you go on to Decorum Borough Council's website, there is some information on there. But originally the works were going to be finished in 2012. And as happens in most projects that are undertaken by the council, they never start when they're supposed to. So obviously it started late anyway in 2013. And then originally it was to be finished in October. Mm. Um, Now if you go on there, they're saying... (laughs) It's going to finish in March 2014, um, unless there are, you know, foreseen problems. They could be stretching on and on for goodness knows how long. And um, whilst everyone wants the improvements, we feel that the Coran Borough Council and Hearts County Council, regardless of the problems they may have, you know, encountered whilst doing the works, they're naive at best if they think that businesses can survive all that time with no footfall. There's a meeting this morning at half past eight. Are you, are you going to the meeting? Certainly. And, and what, what do you hope the outcome will be? What are you looking for? The, the traders as a whole feel insulted that we've been offered 15% of business rates. Mm. That's one five. Wow. We really feel why should we be paying any business rates at all? We also would like some form of compensation. Um, You know, the majority of traders want the improvements to happen. You're always going to get some people who, you know, will moan about anything that happens. But the majority of us, you know, see that the council is going to obviously deliver these improvements and and it will hopefully help us in the long run. But 
we, we really want to have some form of compensation. Do you think you're going to get that, realistically? I, I hope. I, I hope and pray, <laughs> because I, I can't really, really see how the majority of businesses will get through otherwise. Michelle, would you mind, the meeting's at 8.30 this morning, obviously we finish at 9, and I, I suspect you may be speaking to Roberto, or someone will speak to Roberto this evening, but w- w- would you come on the show again tomorrow and let us know how the meeting went? I certainly will, yeah. Michelle, thank you very much indeed. That's Michelle Smith, uh, who writes... Oh, Michelle, give, yes. g- give your shop a little plug while you're on. We might as well do that. No, oh, thank you. Um, well, my shop is Off the Wall Antiques, um... And it stocks a variety of very interesting um, objects in there. Excellent stuff. <laughs> off- <laughs> no, well, <laughs> no, it's it's got off the wall antiques. Michelle, thank you very much indeed. There's Michelle Smith who runs off the wall antiques in the old town. Uh, well, in Hemel, well, we say we're getting a little bit of buck passing from the councils. We're going to be speaking with the leader of Decorum Borough Council uh, a little bit later on in the show. It sounds frustrating, doesn't it? It sounds very frustrating. Well, Justin's going to be there outside the meeting this morning, um, and we'll see if we can uh, if we can get any updates on that. In fact, we're going to be doing that in about uh, 15 minutes or so, so we can um, find out exactly what's going on. And we'll speak to Michelle tomorrow to see if she was happy with what's been provided. If you use the old town in Hemel, or if you used it, whose side are you on? The small trader that's that's suffering because they, they run a niche shop, which is tough at the best of times. But now they're not getting footfall. People aren't walking past, aren't popping in to have a little look. They're struggling even more. Or do you think, well, hang on a second, the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few, to quote Spock from Star Trek II, The Wrath of Khan. That actually it's going to be so much better for for the town itself that we may as well do it and yes some businesses might suffer whose side do you want oh eight four five nine four double five five double five we're also t- keen to get your thoughts on this i'm not a sports fan in the slightest as you know i can't say sports tedious absolutely tedious but one sports story has uh, has kind of grabbed me it's this what's this gentleman's name jack wilshire um he's basically said he plays football for england he's basically said only people born in england should be able to play for the England football team. Which kind of makes sense. There's some controversy about some young Belgian lad that may end up playing for England. It kind of makes sense. But then if you take that to all sports, Kevin Peterson, I believe, is a South African gentleman, plays cricket for England. Mo Farah was not born in England, yet he runs for Team GB. So if you extrapolate, and excuse me for using long words, but I know you're intelligent enough to understand them. If you extrapolate what Mr Wilshire is saying, that would mean that Mo Farah couldn't run for Team GB. Well, has Jack Wilshire got it right? Should only English people, and his definition of English people, I believe, is people born in England, should only people born in England be able to compete under the England, under the English, under the British flag? 08459 four double five five double five. You can send me a text, 81333. Start your text 3CR. My tears arrived. Thank you very much, Soph. Let's have the travel. 
Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Some short delays building along the A1 from Eaton Soken toward the Black Cat roundabout southbound. Also a little bit busy past Stevenage and toward Nebworth on the A1M. And if you're using the M1 this morning, that's looking slowest from Luton toward Redbourne. A5 actually looking a bit better through Dunstable than it was half an hour ago. The main problems this morning, though, are all on the M25. Anti-clockwise, two lanes are still closed because of an overturned car, which is in the process of being recovered, and it's at the A1M, Junction 23, South Mims. So right at the end of the roadwork section there, you have two lanes closed off, just the one lane open past there, meaning it's very, very congested. And the delays are back as far as Waltham Abbey, right the way through the roadworks, back to Junction 26. It's also very slow further round from Maple Cross to the M5, 40, junction 17 to 16. And if you're driving into London, the A1 in Boreham looking busy, southbound from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. Trains continue to run without problems. The Northern Line Tube is now back to normal as well after an earlier signal failure. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you. It's coming up to 7.17 on Thursday the 10th of October. I'm Ian Lee and these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is planning to charge non-EU migrants to use the NHS as part of its strategy to tighten up immigration. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshire after the midfielder said yesterday only English people should pay for England. Coming up, people in the three counties are having to wait up to three months to access treatment for depression and anxiety disorders. Well, that's according to Mind Bucks. How has it affected you? 08459 455 555. BBC's Three Counties Radio. It's been another amazing year for British sporting talent. Has only gone and done it. But who are our unsung sporting heroes? Every year, the BBC recognises people across the UK who aren't stars but simply go that extra mile. They inspire people to take part in sport in all our local communities and for no reward. Chris Froome is the champion of this 100th Tour de France. It's a second British victory inside 12 months. Let us know your sporting unsung hero now. Go to bbc.co.uk slash unsung hero to download a nomination form. Closing date is Wednesday, October the 16th. They all deserve our support. Huh? People in the three counties are having to wait up to three months to access treatment for depression and anxiety disorders. That's according to a charity in Bucks. Well, earlier on, I spoke to Sue Bowler, who leads the counselling team at Buckinghamshire Mind, who deal with patients referred to them by the NHS. When you're in crisis, they obviously they want somebody to talk to there and then, and we really want to do is capture people in that moment so that we can make an early intervention to prevent the um, depression from deepening and worsening and and sometimes people are at risk of, of, of hurting themselves for it as well. So we would like to see that reduced. Well, Francesca Hill is from Milton Keynes and had to wait around 20 months for her first therapeutic appointment for depression. Morning, Francesca. Good morning. Well, what, what happened? How, how did your situation arise? Uh, my situation arise through um, mainly postnatal depression. I had depression growing up anyway mm. um, and had my daughter. Um it was left for a number of months 
at first I think they were wondering whether I'd just shake myself out of it um, and then gradually just as time got got what well, sort of grew on I, I got worse and I, I sort of reverted into myself I wouldn't talk to anyone um, I wouldn't leave the house so all the major signs were there um, when people were asking me if I was alright it was just a straightforward answer of yeah I'm fine mm. yeah absolutely you, you say you isolated and depression is a very isolating disease how, how were you can you describe how you were feeling at the time very very low i think the lowest i felt in a in a long time and it's more um, and it's more listen I, I i suffer from depression it's more it's more than just feeling a little bit sad or feeling a bit hacked off definitely. isn't it, it I mean, it's it's infinitely more than that definitely it's also the fatigue um the lack of eating when you are very very low it just seems to be that your whole body starts to shut down mm. you can't seem to function as a normal human being um you you start to um distance yourself from from any friends that you may have had um family members um your own children for instance and that's very very hard to see so what did you do did you go to the doctor what, what happened um, well, health visitor was very, very good. She picked up on it within a few months of, of meeting me. Um, and she said, yeah, you're not right. And I was like, oh, no, I'm fine, absolutely fine. Um, and she wasn't taking my bluff. Um, and then, sort of as time grew on, she then said to me, right, we need to go and see the doctor. So I went down to see my GP. So I spoke to my GP, and my GP said, yes, we're, we're going to do that um, depression scale thing. We did the National Depression Scale. Um, and I was actually very, very high at that point. Mm. Um they then said to me that they wanted to, to refer me to the mental health team. And at that point, it was like a siren going off in my head. I was thinking, oh, my gosh, I've completely lost it. Um, I'm completely mental. And I started to then revert more into myself. And at that point, I think if they'd acted a bit quicker, it probably wouldn't have got as out of control as it did. Well, how, how, you say if they'd acted quicker, what, what did they do or what didn't they do? Well, I was referred. And I was obviously put into the system. And I was left. Uh, I had no communication from anyone. Um, every time we phoned up to find out what was going on, it was, oh, yeah, she's on the waiting list, she's on the waiting list. And for 20 months, it was just, yeah, she's on the waiting list. And then it was only after a serious um, health um, review that we found out that, actually, no, I wasn't on the waiting list. Oh. I it through the net. So 20, 20 months you're waiting, being told, oh, it's, it's, it's fine, don't worry, we'll, we'll sort you out. And you weren't even on that list at all? No. How did that make you feel? Well, I I felt, obviously, I personally felt that it was just a normal thing for me. I probably deserved it. Yeah, yeah. Um, I wasn't in a good frame of mind. Mm. Um, My husband, on the other hand, was very angry that I'd been let down. Um, Having two young children under the age of of ten, one under the age of five, it was very, very difficult to run the house. He was working full-time. I wasn't functioning as a normal human being. Oh, and it's it's hard work for the partner of a depressed person as well. Very much so. Very much so. I think they take half of the the hits when you're really, really low and Mm. you're left alone, or if you're extremely angry and you become aggressive. Not physically aggressive, but verbally aggressive. Mm. They do take the batterings for it. When when they finally put you on the list after this 20 months, how long did it take then for you to, to, to get treatment? Um... To be honest with you, it took a very, very long time. I think it took then another two years on top of that for me to now, um, for me to then have received the treatment that I've I've sort of now been in. Um, I think that 
they just didn't know what was wrong with me mm. to be able to give me the right treatment. But then they were asking me what I wanted out of the service, and I didn't know what a mental health service could offer me. They kept saying to me, I remember in my meetings, well, you know, Francesca, what, what, what would you like from the service? And I kept saying, I don't know. It's not like I can go into a sweet shop and choose the sweets I'd like or go into Tesco and choose something that I'd like to purchase. It's not like that. What can you offer me? Mm. Oh, we don't know what we you need to be able to be awkward. So it was a kind of... How frustrating. Very frustrating. Well, how are things now, Francesca? And and, and what do you do now? Um, uh, Well, now I get seen um, still. I'm still within the service. um, But I'm also part of the patient participation group. So I'm there to help other patients that are at the beginning of their treatment, maybe that haven't had the treatment they need. Um, Much better now. Still, obviously, with any depressed person, you're never, ever better as such. Um, And I still have bad days, but they're probably not as bad as, as they were. And you know how to manage it a bit better, probably. Yeah, definitely. Francesca, listen, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you. Francesca Hill from Milton Keynes. Had to wait ages for, uh, to be seen for that. Which is just incredible, isn't it? Oh, dearie, dearie me. 08459 555555. A spokesman from Central and North West London NHS Foundation Trust, which covers Milton Keynes, said mental health provision has changed substantially in the last decade. Uh, they now, uh, you can either go and see your GP or they have a single point of access. Here comes a phone number, kids. You may want to write it down. A single point of access for adults who feel they need support with their mental health. The telephone number is 01908 605650. And uh, people in Milton Keynes will soon benefit from a new mental health crisis support line. Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Back to these front pages that we kind of looked at. And I said the Express have dropped the ball. Uh, On the one day that there is actually a potential breakthrough in the war against Alzheimer's, says The Independent, says The Times and other papers, The Express haven't got that on there. They haven't got it on there. Scientists have held a historic... This is The Independent. Scientists have held a historic turning point in the search for a medicine that could beat Alzheimer's disease after a drug-like compound was used to halt brain cell death in mice. Although the prospect of a pill remains a long way off, the landmark British-British study provides a major new pathway for future drug treatments. Well, that's, that's exciting news, isn't it? Uh, the Times. Uh, fast-track justice for sex, child sex predators. And cracking cancer, the Danish actress Sophia Grabel, who played Sarah Lunt in The Killing, has revealed she went under, underwent surgery and chemotherapy after having breast cancer diagnosed. The interesting thing in this, this picture on the front page of The Times is it's rather, well, it, it, it's, it's not completely revealing, but it's rather revealing. She has one button too many undone and is leaning forward and you can see down her top a little bit, which when you're talking about beating breast cancer, is that, is that appropriate? I don't know. They also do the uh, cure for Alzheimer's is within reach story. Let's do two more papers and then uh, then we'll speak to uh, to Phil. Um, the greatest, the great mail sale, seven hundred thousand one shares. Oh yes, the the, the sell off is seven times oversubscribed, fueling criticism that the price is too low. And uh, badgers, the badgers are moving the goalposts. That's a genuine quote from a member of Parliament. The Environment Secretary, Owen Patterson, 
yesterday blamed Badgers moving the goalposts for the failure of a pilot cull in Somerset to eradicate enough of the animals. Or maybe, Owen, it's because your team overestimated the number of Badgers. Yeah? Yeah, maybe. And the Telegraph snubbed to Royal Mail investors. Um, and a sailor holding a boy. And uh, how many toppings on your pizza? There we go. That's... that's uh, that's some fun stories there. On the subject of uh, English people playing for England, Phil. Good morning, Phil. Morning again, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, Philip. What, what do you think about Jack Wilshire, who said that only players born in England should be able to play for England? What do you think? Well, what do I think about Jack Wilshire? Um, I can't exactly tell you my exact fan, oh. but, and uh, I have met him, um, basically, half the, well, so many England players, are ex-legends have come from abroad. Uh, only ones I can think of on the top of my head. Uh, John Barnes is from uh, Jamaica. Was he born in Jamaica? He certainly was. Oh, OK. Um, well, we've got Michael Holmes born in uh, Wales. Oh. Graham from Let me write these down. So I'm, I'm going to challenge Justin Dealey with these. We've got John Barnes. Who else? Uh, who else did you say? Graham, uh, Graham Lasso, Matt Letizia, both from Guernsey. Lasso, yeah, okay, from Guernsey, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone else? Michael Owen from Wales and Owen Hargreaves from Germany. Oh, beautiful! You have given me my football knowledge is is very very weak. You have given me a lot of uh, uh, ammunition though to use against Justin Dealey. It's, a, it's an odd one, isn't it? I mean, the thing is, if, if, if you expand what he said as well, it does mean Mo Farah couldn't run for Team GB. Yeah, absolutely. There has to be some leniency in this, doesn't there? Yeah, of course. Phil, I appreciate your call, and uh, it's good, good you're becoming a regular caller to the show. Do you agree with Phil? That you, you've got to be a little bit flexible on these r- <laughs> these, um, these rules. 08459 555 555. 7.29, BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Few stretches of the A1 starting to get slow. Firstly, you've got the one from St Neots down toward the Black Cat Roundabout, where it's rather heavy on that southbound side. Pretty clear past Biggleswade at the moment, but once you get onto the A1M, it gets busy past Stevenage, and then it's looking a little bit slow on the sensors from Hatfield down toward South Mims. We've got problems on the M25 around South Mims this morning. Two lanes are still closed anti-clockwise because of an overturned car. Recovery work continues, so it's lanes two and three that are shut just at the end of the roadwork section there and one lane open past the scene congestion all the way back now as far pretty much as the m11 at junction 27 and for people at the back of that queue coming through from essex it could take nearly two hours to get through very very slow Further around anti-clockwise, you've got the usual bit of slow-moving traffic from Chorleywood down to the M40. On the M40, things are moving reasonably well at the moment. The M1, a little busy past Redbourne at Junction 9, and the A5, a little slow through Dunstable and through Mark Yate on that southbound side. Trains and tubes continue to run well. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. The government is planning to charge non-EU migrants to use the NHS as part of its strategy to tighten up on immigration. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. And London Luton Airport passengers are being warned to expect disruption today due to a strike by French air traffic controllers. (laughs) 
Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said early this week that only people who should play for England should be the English. Wilshere has since attacked the reporting of his words, calling it poor journalism, but the Arsenal manager believes England should invest in its own youth. It starts at five, six years of age. It doesn't start at 17 or 16. It's too late, you know. And I believe England has rectified it, is doing the right things now with the academies, but it will take time. The response will last uh, maybe a few years. Wenger's comments come on the day that the BBC's State of the Game study found that English footballers now account for less than a third of all the minutes played in the Premier League. The figure, 31.8%, is significantly lower than all other major European leagues. In La Liga, Spaniards make up 59% of all minutes played, while in the Bundesliga, Germans make up 50%. QPR manager Harry Redknapp says part of the problem comes from the experience English children get at a young age. The simple facts are the kids are not they're not playing. You know, they may do a couple of hours coaching a, on a Tuesday night and a Thursday night at professional clubs. I don't think they're out playing football as they did years ago. They're not playing football in the streets anymore. And, and I think that's a problem. I don't think they actually spend enough time coming home from school, playing football till it got dark. That's what we all did. The former England defender Danny Mills and ex-Leeds manager Howard Wilkinson will join Glenn Hoddle on the FA Commission looking into improving English football. Football League's boss Greg Clark's new chairman of the Players' Union Richie Humphreys and crew director Dario Gradi are also included. The team will report back in six months' time. And that's your latest news and sport. I'll be back with more at 8 o'clock. I enjoyed that, Catherine. Did you? <clears throat> it's interesting. It's not really about football, is it? What? Not that I don't find football devastatingly interesting, but it's... What, what it's are you a, talking about? Oh, we're well, not talking about the same thing. I was just saying your your bulletin, but actually, it turns out I hadn't really listened Listened. to it i was just like the sound of it 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 felt very relaxed it's like um on a a saturday afternoon there's nothing more relaxing than the cheer of a football crowd on the telly or or a sunday afternoon listening to someone playing snooker on the (laughs) telly while you're having a doze that's what i got from from your bulletin i wasn't really listening but i found it very peaceful so i'm like whale noise music or pan pipes not as good as that right thanks Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Morning! We'll be talking about the Badger Cull in a little bit, but the big story this morning, we've been hearing from shops and businesses in Hemel Old Town which say they're being severely affected by ongoing roadworks. The disruption, which started in June, was meant to finish at the end of this month. But the contractors have run over and there's no definite date for the completion of work. Well, a meeting is going to take place this morning between the contractors, Hertfordshire County Council, Decorum Borough Council and businesses to find a resolution. Well, Justin Dealey is there. Justin, what's been going on so far? Well, Ian, to be quite honest with you, um, not a lot is happening right now. I'm on the uh, the old town in Hemel Hempstead. It's a, a very famous high street, this. It was used for the TV programme Pie in the Sky. It was a lovely-looking yeah. high street. But a lovely-looking look pie in the sky. <laughs> but as I look up and down the high street right now, um, I'm just surrounded by roadworks. So what the traders are saying here is that, you know, since the summer, when these roadworks have been taking place, people simply aren't coming to the old town so they're losing their footfall they are losing a lot of money and a lot of businesses here are telling me that if this carries on up until christmas if it is delayed it could well put them out of business i've also been talking to liz shipton from the rose and crown pub again she's an unhappy trader here's what she had to say well Liz, we're outside your pub here the rose and crown you're about 30 percent down whilst these roadworks have been taking place and decorum borough council are actually taking you to court can you tell us why uh, for non-payment of business rates. And why would that be? Because every business has been given a discount on their business rates apart from the four pubs. 
And why is that then? Because they don't think it's affected us. Well, it has, hasn't it? Clearly, yeah. And you're going to this meeting on Thursday morning, I presume. Is it all going to kick off down there, Liz? I'm hoping not. Um, I went around the high street yesterday, got all the business emails, and we've emailed uh, everyone, got a list of questions and answers, so hopefully it's all going to be amicable. Looking up and down this high street, how does that make you feel as somebody who's got you know, a successful pub here? It was a very pretty high street. Looking up and down now, how does it make you feel? It's a complete shambles. Absolutely. I can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's no works going on. The guys that are working sit around doing nothing all day. One of them was walking his dog up and down yesterday. Somebody here that, that <laughs> hang on a second, somebody here that was meant to be doing the work mm-hmm. took their dog to work and they are walking their dog. Correct. Wow. They've either got a broom, scratch cards going, ten breaks a day, the last half hour Come a day. On, is it really that bad? It is that bad, yeah. We have a guy walk, drive up and down on the digger for a jolly, I think. To be honest, if you had a digger, you would drive it up and down in it for a jolly. But that is incredible. Well, I know that Justin has uh, Barry Garvin with him, who runs the Fretz Music Shop on the High Street in Old Town Hemel. Morning, Barry. Hi. Barry, well, have you been told what's going on? How well informed have you been? We keep getting letters from the contractors saying that this stage is going to happen, and then we get another letter saying that actually it's not going to happen that way. It's going to happen in a different way, and it's going to take longer. We had a letter... Um, well, the original letter from the contractors said that there'll be a one-week road closure commencing the 14th of October. Given that there have been four week, a four-week road closure in the meantime, uh, in, during which one week nothing actually happened, um, we're now being advised there's going to be a seven-week closure commencing the 14th of October. And that is the busiest time of the year for us. Not, and not only that, we're entering into a period where we are at risk of heavy snowfall, which is going to delay works even further. It's going to kill every retailer off in this high street. What's the disruption doing to your business? It's basically people are just not coming up here. Um, we don't just have local business. People come from outside the area, from Berkhamsted, from Tring, from Chesham, and they see signs saying High Street closed, and they just think, OK, well, I'll go elsewhere. In real terms, we're 40% down. I've got about 25 grand's worth of bills dating back to August that I can't pay because we bought stock believing we would sell it during this period and the footfall just isn't there. I'm now in a position where I cannot afford to buy stock for Christmas. How much longer, if this carries on, how much longer do you think your business has got? Well, really, to be honest, that's at the whim of our suppliers. I mean, they're being very patient, but there'll come a point where they say, look, either pay for the stock or we'll take it back, in which case we're defunct. Mm. So you you potentially, your shop could close down as a result of this? it, It could do, and I know other shops that have been hit harder than us. Okay, listen, I I know that uh, you're also there with you is Councillor Andrew Williams, the leader of Decorum Borough Council. Barry, thank you. We may come back to you in a second, so stay there. Uh, Andrew, what's going on? Well, as you know, there's a scheme to improve and enhance the the High Street of Hemel Hempstead, and that scheme was uh, due to take place over a six-month period, completing at the end of October. Unfortunately, there has been some delays due to supplier materials and some issues around, particularly the centre of the high street. And issues around builders walking their dog and going for jollies on the digger, it sounds like, as well. Well, I'm I'm not aware of those issues. I mean, I know that the county council, as the contractor, have installed CCTV to monitor the work of the the contractors. Wow. Wow. They may be aware of those issues. They've actually installed CCTV because they're not sure that the workers are doing the job. They they have installed CCTV to to make sure that the... uh, number and, and amount of work that's supposed to be carried out, which obviously as highway authority they're paying for, um, is being completed. Yes. So, so they are concerned that the contractors aren't providing the number of people and doing the work at the speed they said they would. There has been concerns about that, but clearly the, the primary delays are around um, 
availability of materials and the issues around the St Mary's Square. So when is this going to finish? We have a timetable now to complete all of the on-street works by the end of November. And is that guaranteed? Well, nothing is guaranteed. It depends on, on utilities and, and no, un, no, as we've had in the past, problems with undiscovered um, uh, items below the surface. But we are fairly confident now, having looked at all the issues that we have, that we can complete all the works before the um, end of November, which would put us, unfortunately, about four weeks, uh, four to five weeks behind our, our, our initial timetable. But up until now, we, you know, the, what's happened in the high street it can be, is very much what would have been expected when the, the programme was laid out. Barry's shop is 40% down on takings. He might have to close soon. Well, clearly that's you know, that's a very difficult situation. You know, well, it's you, more than you, difficult, you it's his livelihood. You, you can't make such a major on-street improvement without you know, closing roads and, and affecting, unfortunately, footfall. But, so it's know, tough? We, we, well, it's not tough. It's, you know, we want to work with the traders to, to look at re- resolutions to this. So and, what, and what solutions have you offered? What options have well, they got? It, it can only be around promotion and, and selling of the high street to encourage people to come in. We've done a lot oh. to, to advise residents or customers that the, the high street is open for business, that there is... And uh, how, have you, how have you done that? Through signposting, through advertising, on the website. We're looking now at... Uh, features in the local papers running up to Christmas. Putting some, but, 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 but with the greatest respect, Mr. Williams, putting an advert in a local paper and putting something on your website saying, "Hey, that the high street's open," that's not going to get people down there. That's not going to save Barry's music shop, is it? That's not going to save well, the antique shop we if, spoke if, to. If the if the issue is that people think the high street is not open, they they see signs that saying it's closed. We have to get the message out there that it is open, that the traders are and the shops are there that you can get access to the shops that the road isn't closed there is restrictions for the works but the by large the street is not closed 24 but you know you know don't you miss Williams? that's not how high streets work the, 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 the people don't look in the local paper and go oh hang on no the high street is open guys they look at it they see it looks a mess they yes. don't walk down it that's how it works realistically we, we have to get that we have to get the signage out we have to get the the, the the information out there that the high street is open but, but why haven't you done that before well we have we, 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 well, it's not working is it no, no when you've got such major works on the street it will put some people off inevitably. Well, it's putting but, everybody off but we, the antique shop the antique shop no one's going in the, the, the gentleman we just spoke to his shop is 40 percent down yes i, I know I, I, gentleman sitting next to me it's, it is it is very difficult but you can't have we have to look towards the benefits that this scheme will bring in the long term you know, increased you know the football, cost, improvement you know, streets. Well, you cut. Even you know at the cost of small independent businesses. Well, we, we think in the long run that these businesses will will, will really benefit and, and if they survive that long. That's if they survive that these, long. Well, we we said it would take us six months. Oh. It's, we said it would take six months. It's going to take slightly longer, um, but the long-term benefit to the high street, the, the enhancement to the environment, I'm sure will be a what benefit about, to all businesses. You say all you can do is put out a few flyers and, and say something on your website. What about compensation? Well, uh, we're not the highway authority, but it, it is not normal for, um, for councils to pay compensation for this, and certainly in Decorum's case, we do not consider that compensation is something you should pay. You don't think you should pay compensation? No. Why? Because highway works are something that, you know, has to be carried out. It's not something for which councils can be expected to pay compensation. Why? I don't understand why. Has there been a reduction in business tax? There has been a, redu- well, there has been a reduction in business tax through the valuation office. That's not something that's, that's in decorum's control. Um, the valuation office are independent. They've given a 15% discount to, to the majority of businesses. Um, and you can apply again to the valuation office for, for further reductions if you you feel that's appropriate but you're adamant that these shops won't be getting compensation 
Certainly in the case of, uh, from the Corum's perspective, then compensation is not something that, w- that we would be in a position or, 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 or bound to pay. Barry uh, Garvin runs Frets Music Shop. Barry, I believe you're still there. What's, what's your reaction to what Council Williams has just said? Well, I understand, you know, we expected disruption, but we also expected the works to be carried out efficiently. On the 30th of October, sorry, of September, they dug up a 150-metre section of the road from the bottom of the high street right to outside our shop. They put fencing up, and 10 days on, there is still a gaping big hole. No work has taken place. During the week last week, there was a guy sitting in a digger. He was there for four hours. He didn't move. I honestly thought he'd died. He wasn't a young chap. I was going to go and see if he was OK, and then, then I saw him stir. It's too often I've seen people sitting around in diggers with their legs up, texting on their phone, guys walking around, just chatting, leaning on shovels and whatever. Nothing seems, there's no sense of urgency. Um, I, I hear, you know... You're not going to get compensation for this? No, clearly. Um, disappointing? I mean, well, it's, it's more than disappointing. It, it's, it, it's, it's ruining our lives. What I would mean, you like to we, say to Mr Williams? He's, he's there with you now. What would you like to say to him? What I'd like to say to him is that six years ago, I sold my house to buy our business, and I didn't do so with a view to being in this position six years down the line, where I'm three weeks from closing because of the mismanaged and poorly um, executed set of roadworks that should have been finished a long time ago. Mr Williams, your response? Well... In fact, the, the whole roadworks weren't due to be finished a long time ago. The, the, you know, we would have, if on the original schedule, just be coming to a completion towards the end of October. We are four or five weeks behind on a six-month contract, and that is regrettable. But you know, we are looking towards the longer-term benefits that we think all of the traders will, will receive. From but, but again, you say all of the traders. That's if those shops manage to survive that long. Yes. Well, I, I, uh, there's very little that, or you know we're working with them to try and increase the footfall but there's not not Mr. Much Garvin, in the way direct, Mr. Garvin in the way owes, direct payments Mr. Garvin owes Mr. Garvin owes 25,000 pounds to his suppliers and he's been so lucky they haven't demanded that or the stock back yeah, well, that's, I, I appreciate that Mr. Garvin's in a very difficult p- position but I don't know that you know that that's all down to the roadworks and I don't know that well, if, well but, you, they, you, they can always be, there can always there can always be you know, it works on the street, and and you know, the, as the highway authority, they've they've got to carry but out that work. We are we are doing what the majority of traders and residents want. We're have, doing it roughly in the time scale. We when you have it. when you have workmen asleep on diggers for four hours, workmen texting their mates, workmen walking their dogs, when the council has to install CCTV to see if the workmen are doing their jobs, I put it to you, Mr. Williams, that's not good enough. It's, it's some of the, it's the things that we're being spoken about, it's not good. No, it's not good enough. You know, the, we need. We do, I do believe now there is a greater sense of urgency. We've, as of the council, you know, on several occasions reiterated our concerns to Jacksons, particularly as the borough council who are paying for the majority of this work. Um, you know, people do take breaks, and people may perceive some of those breaks a as being rest- hour break. Well, that shouldn't be the case. Well, I, I don't know why he's there. I d- no one's mentioned this to me before, and obviously I can't well, it's verify being mentioned these issues while I'm. I know. I, I can't hope verify you'll investigate these issues it. while I'm on the. While I'm on the radio, but you'll investigate that. Well, I'll look at those issues, but you know, this is a liaison between ourselves and the highway authority. Okay, well, we we, we dropped off there, but I think we got the main thrust. Thank you, uh, Councillor Andrew Williams, leader of Decorum Borough Council, and uh, the other voice there was Barry Garvin, who runs the Frets Music Shop on the High Street in Old Town, Hemel. I'm feeling the frustration of the shopkeepers. I really thought we, from from Councillor Williams, we might get a little bit of emotion, or or an apology, or a, we'll, we'll, they're set in their ways. This meeting that's happening later on, I suspect it's going to be a lot of finger pointing, and it's not my fault, Gov. Oh no, it's not. It's not my fault. It's their fault. 
well, we'll uh, be outside the meeting a bit later on. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five. There are pictures of the high street on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash BBC Three CR. Seven forty seven. Let's get the travel. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still some pretty long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise, though a little bit of good news is that they have managed to reopen all lanes just past the A1M at Junction 23. We had the overturned vehicle earlier this morning. About 7.35 they got the lanes reopened. You're going to find delays, though, for quite a while as traffic tries to wend its way through the delays in the roadwork section. There's still congestion pretty much all the way back to the M11 round at Junction 27. Busy as well as you continue from Choywood to the M40, Junction 18 to 16. M1 heavy from the A505 down toward Hemel, so that's slow in patches from Junction 11 to Junction 7. The A1M is looking busy past Stevenage. You've also got delays further back up the A1 at the Black Cat Roundabout and further into London on the A1 through Boreham Wood, Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Trains and tubes are running well. If you're flying today, though, disruption possible to flights to and from France and flights through French airspace. It's because of industrial action being taken by air traffic control workers in France. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much. 7.48. It's uh, Thursday, the 10th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. The government is planning to charge non-EU migrants to use the NHS as part of its strategy to tighten up on immigration. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. In sport, English footballers account for less than a third of all the minutes played in the Premier League, a state-of-the-game study for the BBC Sporters found. Coming up, Badgers have moved the goalposts. No, it's not a football story, it's a ridiculous statement by a Member of Parliament. We'll find out exactly what that means after the weather with Elizabeth Rossini. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, a very good morning to you. Well, it's going to be a rather windy day today and it's a rather chilly start too. We've got temperatures across the three counties between 5 and 7 degrees Celsius at the moment and because of the wind chill, and it's going to feel even colder than that really. So at the moment it's a northwesterly and it will gradually ease around to a northeasterly by the time we get to the afternoon. It's a fairly bright start actually, particularly across Buckinghamshire and that's where we're going to tend to see the best of the weather through the rest of the day. We'll probably see a few showers particularly across uh, northern areas of Hertfordshire, Bedfordshire too, as we head into the afternoon. They'll tend to be on the light side. There will be a bit more cloud around. Still bright there across Bucks, I dare say. And uh, the wind's still um, still coming from the northeast, actually. Um, and it will be quite strong towards parts of Hertfordshire. So uh, the worst of the weather, always towards eastern areas. It's going to be cold. It could be wet for some of us a bit later on. And it will be quite windy as well. Temperatures today up to 12 or 13 degrees Celsius. Add to that the wind chill. And it's not going to feel particularly nice but at least it will be nice and bright particularly for western areas now as we head into this evening and overnight we're likely to see some heavier showers around temperatures dropping to between seven and nine degrees we've still got the strength of that wind and then into tomorrow a chilly start to the day still rather windy it will be rather wet there'll be further outbreaks of rain at times and it's still going to feel rather chilly so it's not looking that nice in fact positively autumnal for today and for the next few days after that that's the forecast cheers chuck 
Roberto Peroni on BBC Three Counties Radio. If you're at home, sit back, because this is going to be very, very interesting. You've got the selfie, the yeah. legsy, the bumsy. <laughs> you're going to start that trend. Roberto Peroni. We seem to be heading um, headlong into war again. We're very keen to stop this from happening. We don't know where this might lead. The lie that took us into the Iraq war could become a shocking truth in this one. Roberto Peroni. Weekdays from three on BBC Three Counties Radio. Talking about the Badger Cull, because if it works, it could happen here. A pilot Badger Cull in West Somerset may be extended by three weeks after Mark's men have failed to reach their target. Those behind the cull have been denounced as incompetent in the House of Lords. When asked why marksmen failed to reach a cull target, the Environment Secretary Owen Patterson said, quotes, Badgers moved the goalposts. Have a listen to this. This is uh, BBC's Justin Lee speaking to Owen Patterson, the Environment Secretary. You haven't reached the 70% target of killing badgers that you set yourself at the beginning of this. Now the trial has to be extended. You're moving the goalposts on all fronts. No, that's not right at all. The badgers have moved the goalposts. You're dealing with a wild animal. It's a wild animal subject to the vagaries of weather and disease and breeding patterns. Wow. The badgers have moved the goalposts. Dominic Dyer is the policy advisor at Care for the World. Dominic, when you heard uh, Owen Patterson saying that, the Badgers have moved the goalposts, what's your reaction? Well, I think you have to look at the sort of headline news on Sky last night, which was an article that I helped put together with Isabel Webster. Basically, what we found is there's a large amount of illegal killing of badgers going on in the West Country, in the coal zones and in the proximity to the coal zones. Sky, within a week, working with them, found 14 farms that openly admitted they were gassing badgers illegally. The Secretary of State knows this is going on. The NFU knows this is going on. Natural England came back with revised population figures, which the Secretary of State is now using and putting before Parliament saying that the number of badgers have reduced by 60% in those areas. What he did not factor in, what he didn't mention in that little interview clip you've just made, is that many of them could be down to illegal killing by farmers. So significant uh, numbers are being killed uh, illegally, which would obviously would affect the numbers. Do Do we know how many have been killed illegally? We don't, but this is a huge scandal that's brewing now because what Sky did, putting it as a headline story and doing a great piece of work on it, was really to look into it for the first time and actually start asking farmers what's been going on. And people like me are in the wildlife conservation movement, know this for a long time, that there's been many farm meetings and organisations up and down the country where it's openly being discussed. People are not being brought before the court. This is a serious criminal offence. If you gas packages illegally, it's been illegal since 1982, you will go to prison. There is a £5,000 fine for each individual badger yet we know there are tens of thousands possibly of badgers being killed across this country illegally in this way then, that is very very worrying when we don't know the numbers then dominic why is why is nothing being done to prosecute the farmers that are doing this because you've had a, potent, a green light effectively as i said on sky last night from the secretary of state who basically does not think this is a serious criminal offense from his perspective from the national farmers union who do not think this is a serious criminal offense from their perspective they have great sympathies for farmers they understand they would say why they're taking this action but the fact is it's illegal it's criminal and the police are now investigating today the media have confirmed channel 4 news confirmed last night that police are investigating on the back of those sky news allegations and there'll be serious questions asked now about links between the secretary of state's office and some of these potential individuals are involved in this illegal action uh, are the people behind the cull incompetent as, as has been suggested highly because what's happened here is in the past, when you've had culls of this kind, you've used government officials to undertake the culling, as we did with the randomised badger cull that the last Labour government undertook, and we spent £15 million on that operation. This time you've contracted out the killing. 
using the National Farmers Union, using lampers and pest controllers, they found that free shooting has been an absolute disaster. It was the key policy that the NFU went forward with because it was the cheapest option of killing badgers. But they've not been able to kill many badgers like that at all. So what's happened is you've had to move to a trap-and-shoot operation. You've pushed those shooters aside. You've had to bring government officials in, paid from the taxpayers' uh, account, to actually come in with large numbers of traps to trap these animals and shoot them with shotguns at close range. We think about 50-60% of the badgers killed so far in these culls has been through trap-and-shooting. That's pushed the cost through the roof. You combine that with policing costs. This is probably one of the most expensive wildlife culls in history. We've probably spent about £2 million so far. That's about £1,000 a badger. If what you're saying is true, Dominic, this is incredibly embarrassing for Owen Paterson and the government, isn't it? He's hanging on by the skin of his teeth. He lost two junior ministers. They've both gone. We believe David Heath was against this policy of extending the cull, which might be one of the reasons why he was sacked. Um, he's now there basically very isolated. He has serious questions to, ask, uh, to answer about this criminal activity that's been going on around this cull. Uh, there's clear incompetence. He's been manipulating data from Natural England, there's no doubt about it, to suddenly come back at the very end of this uh, six-week trial and say, listen, we've actually found that 60% of the badges have suddenly disappeared. We've got to extend it for three weeks. Is completely farcical, which is what the media are going with today. And also, you must remember, when you go back to the science on this, many of the key scientific experts would say you should never cull for more than a month. If you cull for more than a month, you're going to have a detrimental impact on the badger population and the spread of the disease. They're now going to go to two months. That's a very serious risk of perturbation. So what we're seeing is a huge waste of money, a very inefficient cull, covering illegal activity that could actually be spreading TB further. Dominic, I appreciate your time this morning. Thank you very much uh, indeed. That's Dominic Dyer, is the policy advisor at Care for the World. Oh, dearie me, it does sound like a... If, if what Dominic is saying is true, and uh, I have no reason to doubt him, but the two sides of every story, if what Dominic is saying is true, then um, it, it, it doesn't look good for Environment Secretary Owen Patterson. I mean, to come out with the line, even if, even if everything else Owen Patterson is doing is correct, to come up with the line, the badgers have moved the goalposts. Oh, dear. We've been talking about the old town uh, in, in Hemel. Earlier on, we uh, we spoke to a shopkeeper. Um, what was his name? Barry Garvin. Sorry, excuse me. Yes, Barry Garvin, who runs the Frets Music Shop. We also spoke to Councillor Andrew Williams, the leader of Decorum Borough Council. Well, the shops are, are suffering, and um, the council don't feel they're going to be doing much about it. Let's go to uh, Lynn in Hemel. Mor- morning, Lynn. Good morning, Ian. How are you? Yeah, I'm fine, thank you. What's your take on this? Well, the first thing I'd like to say, if badgers can move goalposts, perhaps they should play for England. I'm very angry about this situation with the old high street. Yeah. I don't know if you know it. Uh, I'm aware of it, yes. I've not been there for a while, but yes, I'm aware of it. It's, I just think it's outrageous. It's such a pretty place. And what that man from the council was so weak... And pathetic. Well, listen, he's not here to defend himself, so let, 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 let's be careful. No, but but, but, but no, Councillor Williams... His attitude was very, very weak. Councillor Williams would argue... Councillor Williams would argue that the, that the work that is being done there will eventually improve the whole area. It'll make it busier, it'll attract more people. So do, do, do some people not have to suffer a little bit to, for the, the greater good of more people? Well, my feeling is probably that from what I've heard from the shopkeepers up there today, and I live like a... 10 minute walk from the old high street mm. and my feeling is that you know what the shopkeepers are saying like that gentleman who's lost 40% of his business and that lady with the antique shop if they drag this out and all those shops close there's nothing to 
there won't be anything to go up the old high street for. Oh, Lynn, I'm sure, I'm sure they'll find room for a Costa or a Starbucks in there. Wouldn't you like that? Yeah, that's the last thing you'd want. But the old high street is so steeped in history. Lynn, we have to end it there. Thank you very much indeed. Uh, 08459 What do you think about that? Let's get the travel news now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still long delays on the M25 anti-clockwise. The overturned vehicle that was blocking things off at South Mims is gone, so all lanes are open past Junction 23, but you've got congestion right the way back through the roadworks that's tailing back as far as the M11. Anti-clockwise also busy from Chorleywood to the M40, and the clockwise side is looking slow through the works, Potter's Bar to Enfield. Very slow on the M1 southbound, patchy traffic from the A505 at Junction 11 down to Hemel at Junction 7. You've got A1 delays at the Black Cat roundabout, on the A1M past Stevenage, and on the A1 into London through Boreham Wood. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. If you want to give us a call, 08459 455 555. If you go to the Facebook page, you can see pictures of the uh, the old uh, town in Hemel and the work that's being done there. Does it stop you going to use it? There's a meeting this morning to discuss it. It sounds like the shopkeepers aren't going to get what they're after. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. I'm Catherine Boyle. The headlines. Government announces immigration overhaul. French strike threatens to disrupt Luton flights and fears roadworks could put Hemel traders out of business. BBC Three Counties Radio. New immigration laws will be announced by the Home Secretary today. Ministers say the changes will deter illegal immigrants from coming to the UK and stop those that do find a way in from obtaining public services they're not entitled to. The head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. Sir Charles Montgomery told the Commons Public Accounts Committee that his staff don't always have time to meet private planes, the majority of which land at Luton. Committee member Richard Bacon MP says that's unacceptable. I just find it very odd with £600 million available that you can't deploy enough resource to make sure that all of these aeroplanes, all of them, are covered. It just sounds to me, frankly... Incredible. Meanwhile, other passengers at London Luton Airport are being warned to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. The airport's website says flights to and from France, as well as those travelling through French airspace, are likely to be affected. And Louise Ross from the airport says the impact's already being felt. We've already got a couple of cancellations today, um, both Ryanair, one at, uh, that was due to depart at 6.10 for Nîmes, and there's one at 9.50 for Bézier in France. That's been cancelled, but we haven't got confirmation of anything else at this stage. Ryanair have a full list of cancellations in the news section of their website today. Passengers are being advised to check before they travel. Hertfordshire County Council have installed CCTV to check up on construction workers building a new one-way system in Hemel's Old Town. The project was supposed to be completed by the end of this month, but the area's shopkeepers have now been told it could take until the end of the year. Many say the resulting drop in trade will force them out of business. The leader of Decorum Borough Council, Andrew Williams, says his authority will not be compensating traders, but told Ian Lee there were concerns about the road team's work rate. I know that the County Council has the contractor have installed CCTV to 
monitor the work of the, of the contractors. Wow. And wow. If they may be aware of those issues. They've actually installed CCTV because they're not sure that the workers are doing the job. They, ha- they have installed CCTV to, ma- to make sure that the uh, number and, and amount of work that's supposed to be carried out, which obviously is highway authority they're paying for, um, is being completed. The Buckinghamshire branch of a leading mental health charity claims people needing treatment for depression and anxiety disorders are being left waiting an unreasonable amount of time. Some are being left unseen for three months after diagnosis, according to Mind. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said early this week that the only people who should play for England should be English. Wilshere has since attacked the reporting of his words, calling it poor journalism, but the Arsenal manager believes England should invest more in its own youth. The weather, cloudy and windy with the chance of showers and a top temperature of 13 degrees Celsius. That's 55 degrees Fahrenheit. Get the latest news and sport online at bbc.co.uk slash three counties. Morning, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio. Suddenly it's eight o'clock. Suddenly it's eight o'clock. Well, I've got an exciting day today. I've got the kids today. My wife's at work, so I've got the kids. I'm taking my eldest for his first proper haircut at a barber's. Oh, very, a very proud moment. Gennaro's. We're going to Gennaro's for his first proper haircut. He's excited at the moment. It'll end in tears. They always end in tears. But, fingers crossed, between now and nine o'clock, shop owners in the old town in Hemel Hempstead say roadworks are severely affecting their trade and could put them out of business. More on that in a second. A footballer has come out and said you should only be able to play for the England football team if you're English. Otherwise, no. Well, I'm getting a lot of names of footballers and other sports stars, including Sir Bradley Wiggins, who weren't born in England. So what do we do with them? You can have your say on this and more. 08459 455 555. You can also look at pictures of the old town in Hemel by going to facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. All morning we've been uh, hearing some rather tragic stories from shops and businesses in Hemel Old Town which say they are being severely affected by ongoing roadworks. The disruption, which started in June, was meant to finish at the end of this month, but the contractors have run over and there's no definite date for the completion of work. A meeting will take place later this morning between the contractors, Hertfordshire County Council, Decorum Borough Council and businesses to find a resolution. Well, Justin Daly has been live in the Old Town all morning. Good morning, Justin. Hello, Ian. Uh, I've seen a picture of of, uh, the works that are taking place. It looks absolutely awful, doesn't it, it, really? I I can only... Let's talk about what I can see in front of me. Yes, we've got to be impartial working for the BBC, but, you know, as somebody who also lives in Hemel, this is a very, very famous high street. It's a very successful high street. It's a very pretty high street. Mm. And as I look to my left, as I look to my... Um, it is a complete and utter mess, Ian. Justin, you, what have traders been saying? They're very, very angry, very angry indeed. They feel like they, they could lose their business altogether. Uh, here's a recap of what traders have been saying to me. We're about 40% down on what we should be taking. We're at the situation where we cannot pay invoices that were due in August. Um, as a result, we cannot buy stock for the Christmas trade. You can see, looking around you, the street is completely deserted. There's nowhere to stop, nowhere to park. And it should have been finished this month. And now they're talking about a seven-week um, road closures 
starting the 14th of October is going to kill us all off, every single one of us. How angry are you right now? I'm absolutely raging. Um, <laughs> we have five years left on our lease, which is personally guaranteed. We could lose our home if we go under. So I'm absolutely raging. It's a shambles, to be honest. It's, it's so bad, it's, it's, it's an embarrassment. We drove out of here yesterday, and on the way out up the high street, um, we came across, must have been six or seven of the workmen. Now, we had um, two people scratching their privates, two people on the phone, two people sitting down talking, and one person doing his shoelaces. Not one person was working. It's a complete shambles. Absolutely. I can't even see the light at the end of the tunnel. There's no works going on. The guys that are working sit around doing nothing all day. One of them was walking his dog up and down yesterday. Somebody here, that, that, <laughs> a second, somebody here that was meant to be doing the work mm-hmm. took their dog to work and they are walking their dog. Correct. Wow. They've either got a broom, scratch cards going, ten breaks a day, the last half hour a day. Is it really that bad? It is that bad, yeah. We have a guy walk, drive up and down on the digger for a jolly, I think. Well, that was uh, Justin Dealey speaking to uh, some of the shopkeepers uh, in the area who've been affected. Joining me now is Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead, Mike Penning. Morning, Mike. Good morning. Businesses are suffering. 40% down. Some businesses may close. It's not good, is it? I'm fuming. Uh, I live in the old town as well, so I have to declare an interest. But I've wanted, eight years ago, I called for the one way to encourage trade and encourage footfall into the old town because parking was always a big issue. But people wanted to stop for ten minutes or so, just nip into a shop. They couldn't really do it. So the one way was the answer going forward, and the huge majority of people wanted it. And we've been massively let down by the contractor. And if I go down there officially, they they muster up people and they do things oh, of working. Of course, quick, the boss is coming. Look yeah, lively. If I go for a walk through the town into the park, which I do, I'll go for a jog in the morning. I here exactly what you have. Actually, I don't usually see six people. I see next to no people. And they make promises after promises after promises, and they've been let down. And what I've said to the county council is the highways that are managing this contract with them, I use the word advisory managing, there must be a clause within their contract that we can claim back money for these residents and these businesses so that, that they can survive. This is going to go on into the new year, I think. I mean, I'm really saying I can't be at the meeting this morning. I have to be here in Westminster where I'm speaking from now. But at, at the end of the day, they have a contract to deliver a one-way system in the old town, which is going to be brilliant when and ever it gets finished. But what, what, why, why is it taking so long? Why is there so little work going on? Why are people standing around? The great British workmen is alive and kicking, it appears, in the old town. Because they do, when they are there, as the residents are saying, if you keep an eye on them carefully, they don't do very much. That's why it's going so late. Mike, we spoke to Councillor uh, Andrew Williams from Decorum Borough Council. He said that this will be finished by November. You're saying this could go on into the new year. Well, I, I, they've now, we've now had to council. I, I feel for Decorum because they've had to hand the, the, the contract to actually manage this to Hearts Highways. So we wanted it done in Decorum. You know, we, I think we could have managed this a lot better. I think Decorum would have managed it a lot better. But under the rules, they had to hand it over, and then Highways gave it to this other company, Jackson's. And what we've had to cancel now, the brilliant, one of the brilliant evenings we have, which is the Halloween evening up there, that's now cancelled. That was huge money uh, spinner for the shops and the businesses up there. And now they're telling me that they like to stop work um, probably at the end of this month when they should have finished so that there's a good period going through. I don't think anybody knows. That's the problem. There's so much misinformation. So that they, they're saying they don't want to affect the trade over Christmas. Well, they've already done that. And, then, and it's very different. They're now letting people drive and not closing it quite as much as they were before. But there's nowhere to park because there's all these bars. And as Justin has seen up there this morning, you know, it is a building site where people are trying to have businesses. And it should have been finished 
And it's not rocket science to put a one-way system into an old town. As the MP for these shopkeepers, Mike, what, what, what have you been doing for well, them? I've been chasing and chasing and chasing, kind of tracing the, the, the council. So what the shopkeepers have been asking for is not, not a lot better signage. So, 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 the people know it's open. Some of that's come in, but it's, it's still not brilliant. They're going to get a, de- uh, a deduction in their business rate. I think they should get a much bigger deduction. In 15% business. of them, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. yeah. And there should be a bigger deduction. And that should come out of the contract for the people that have caused this problem. It's not for the ta- it's not a taxpayer's uh, fault, but at the end of the day, the business rate is obviously a massive effect on them. Mm. And, you know, there must be penalty clauses in there, and we must inflict these penalties. And if they're not going to do the job, kick them off. Get rid of them and get someone in that can do the job. If, 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 even, if any of these small independent businesses are forced to close, it, it's very sad, isn't it, for the it town? Is, and they were struggling before the whole yeah. reason we were doing this. And then Justin lives in the town like I do. The reason this was being done is to allow p- extra parking out there in the street so that the, you could have this impulse buying the short five, ten minutes, nip into the florist, nip into the card shop, you know, that sort of thing. Where you don't want to park for half a day, which you could do in the car park around the back but actually nip through so the reason we created this was to actually help it Justy was saying it's vibrant well the pubs are vibrant up there but actually a lot of the shops have been telling me for years it's not vibrant because of the lack of parking and the lack of ability to nip in so we change all that get that done and then we get let down massively by the contractor and my simple message to the county council highways if this contractor can't do it kick them off and get someone in who can Mike, I appreciate your time. Mike Penning, uh, Conservative MP for Hemel Hempstead. Well, Justin D. Uh, oh, uh, uh, Mike, actually, uh, no, no. Let's let's go straight to uh, let's go straight to Justin. Justin, who have you got with you there? L- lo- loads of people turning up at the radio car. In, I got uh, Howard Koch here. Howard, you're a local dentist. First of all, what's your reaction to what your local MP Mike Penning was just saying there? Well, I'm obviously very glad that he's taking it so seriously, but I think do um, remember he's the serving um, Conservative MP and Hertfordshire County Council has a majority of Conservative councillors and uh, it's all very well to blame the contractor but the count the County Council should have actually been overseeing that everybody wanted a one-way system well I've been here for 25 years. I speak to a lot of the shopkeepers and the local residents. I can't find one person who actually wanted it. There was nothing wrong with the old town high street as it was. It needed tidying up a bit and it needed parking enforcement properly. That could have been done for a fraction of the cost of all this mess. Okay, we're losing. Justin we're, gonna, Justin, we're going to have to leave it there, I'm afraid, because you, you, you keep dropping in and out. We'll try and come back to you a little bit later on. Thank you very much for that. If you want to look at pictures of the high street, then do go to uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Uh, lots of comments on Facebook, including uh, John says, we've been telling you about this for months, but thanks for picking up from Wednesday's, Wednesday's paper. Have you subscribed? Oh, John uh, is the editor of a newspaper, and John gets very upset. John, is this John Francis? Is, gets very upset um, uh, when we, we do stories late. Uh, John, au contraire, we're not doing the story late. We're doing the story on time, because I, you, you probably don't know this, and I, I look forward to reading this in your newspaper next week. There's a meeting about it today. There's a meeting about it today. So we sent our reporter, Justin Dealey, down to cover the meeting. Um, and if you want to use any of the stuff that he picks up, then please do get in touch, John. We'd be happy to uh, uh, provide you with any of the uh, the information we've got, unless you, unless you want to go down there yourself. It starts at 8.30, so get a jog on, John. Get a jog on. 08459 is the telephone number. If you want to give us a call, facebook.com forward slash BBC3CR. Let's have a look at some of your comments about this. Trouble is, says Steve, with this country, is that we don't find companies who fail to perform when public money is at stake. The council have installed cameras, CCTV cameras, to film the work staff. Now, I don't know, is this normal behaviour? 
If you're a building contractor or if you, you're a cat or whatever, have you heard of this before? A council installing CCTV to film a workforce to make sure they're doing the job. I have never heard of that before. Steve goes on, we simply overpay if it takes longer. Yeah, I, yeah, I bet. I bet there's not a clause in the contract that says if you overrun, you have to pay compensation. I bet there's a contract that's uh, the clause that says if you overrun, we'll pay you a bit more money. I will pay you a bit more money. You take your time. Uh, Mark says, these completion dates are always an underestimate. The public never expects them to be on time. Businesses should have a reduction in rates when things overrun. Let's face it, the authorities would soon have businesses in court if they were late paying their rates. And Richard says, what's the betting the workmen don't work weekends, knock off at three and spend five hours a day sitting in their van, reading the sun, drinking tea and illegally smoking in the works vehicle? These guys don't exactly race through jobs. Well, the uh, contractors are going to be at the meeting today. We're trying to get hold of the contractors. We're struggling at the moment. Um, but it'd be great to talk to them. It would be really good to talk to them. They'll be at the meeting today. So uh, uh, if you're going, then you can put forward these points to them. 8.15, BBC Three Counties Radio. Here's the travel now with Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Still looking very slow on the A1 from Eaton Soken down toward the Black Cat Roundabout southbound. It's also starting to get quite busy into Bedford. The Bromham Road eastbound is looking pretty slow and the A6 as you leave Bedford and head into Clop Hill. Well, as you approach the junction with the A507 round there, you're going to find that pretty busy. A1M and you've got the usual delays past Stevenage. A little bit slow on the approach to the M25 as well this morning, but that's probably because of all the congestion we've had on the M25. Anti-clockwise, there's still a big old queue through the roadworks from the A1M back as far as the M11 at Junction 27. That was after a vehicle overturned at South Mims a little earlier. That's all gone, but the delays remain. The clockwise M25 is looking pretty slow through the roadwork section this morning as well. Potters Bar to Enfield. Back to anti-clockwise, and if you're going a bit, little bit further around, Junction 18, Chorleywood round to 16 at the M40 is looking particularly busy. The A5, now I'm looking at the minute at the stretch past Markgate, and it does look like the speed centres are picking up quite a queue going from Markgate down toward the M1 at Junction 9, Redbourne. M1 cameras not showing too much trouble this morning on the motorway and trains and tubes running well. Adam Glenn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Right, 8.16. It is Thursday, the 10th of October. I'm Ian Lee. These are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council have installed CCTV to check up on construction workers building a new one-way system in Hemel Old Town. Works are overrunning and many local shopkeepers fear they'll be forced out of business. London Luton Airport passengers are being warned to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshire after his mid Fielder said earlier this week, the only people who should play for England should be English. Well, we'll be talking about that in a little bit. 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. Who's a businesswoman and a broadcaster. Isn't it annoying when you just miss the end of something? Those are the headlines. There's a full bulletin at four. You have to turn the radio off. Shh. 
Oh, there's just so many interesting things. You don't have time to listen to them all. There's a lady here. Hello, have you got the treasure for me? I have the treasure. I lost him when I was 11 and he certainly made a great impression on me. Then why not use BBC iPlayer Radio? She developed a cocaine habit that cost her over £120 a day. You can listen again to our programmes and even see what our presenters look like. You look like Mr Stamper from a James Bond film. Head to bbc.co.uk slash three counties and make BBC Three Counties Radio unmissable. Now, JVS is off this week. Ollie Mann is sitting in for him. I've been thoroughly enjoying listening to you and I'm just telling you, I'm genuinely a fan of the consumer. I love Mm. consumer stuff. Mm -hmm. Watchdog is on series link on my Sky Plus. Uh, and there was a cracking story. Was it yesterday? The woman with the sofa that was too big. That's right. Well, yes, yeah, that's right. Yes, she she measured. She didn't measure her room, and then she went off and bought a sofa because she oh. fell in love with the sofa. That's that's. I'm, I'm not being funny. I have very little time for that lady. That's a foolish schoolboy error. This is what a lot of our texters were saying, Ian. I'm not sure actually. I'm not convinced by that. I think yes, she made a mistake. She yes. fesses up to that. But yes. There was nothing else in the store that she liked. Well, she should have gone to another store. <sighs> we've, should... all done, we've all done an impulse buy. No. Ollie, man, I'm going off you. You're, you're too soft with these slackers. You're too, you're too soft with them. You, you don't do an impulse buy on a sofa. Yeah. I, I, okay, I did an impulse buy on a bed. Double bed. I had a lovely flat, a little loft, loft bedroom. I, I bought a double bed. Right, and that's different from a sofa how? Well, no, I'll, t- I'll tell you how. Because I... Um, uh, I didn't, didn't measure it. Mm-hmm. Got rid of my old sofa. Very excited. The gentleman brought the sofa. <laughs> didn't fit. Couldn't get it up the stairs. What an idiot. So they said, we'll take it back and you can choose another one. Fantastic. They took it back. I chose another one. Didn't measure it. Mm. The second one didn't fit up the stairs. Right, and I'm the fool for judging people. <laughs> Seriously, no. you don't even learn from your mistakes. No. From your own mistakes. Third time lucky. I yeah. went and measured and I found one that, that fit fitted. But what I'm saying was, I was an idiot then. Yes, I right. was an idiot and a yeah. slacker. This lady? Well, she's making her first mistake here, and you're in idiot rehab, so of course we're <laughs> evangelical about this. No, she, I'm not saying she's an idiot, but, but it, it is... I have learnt from that lesson, I've learnt from it well. Always measure up for big furniture. Always. No, but yeah, well, it is a lesson. You do learn a lot from the Consumer Hour. You can. <laughs> you there's, do. There are nuggets of What are you talking there. about this morning? Uh, well, we, we are, of course, Consumer Hour coming up at 11, but as well as that, of course, at 9, it's the big phone-in. So what we're talking about, I know you've touched on this this morning as well, should you have to be born in England to play for England? Uh, Hertfordshire's Jack Wilshire says, if you're not born in England, you shouldn't be playing for the England football team. His comments came amidst talk that an exciting Belgian youngster, you don't say that very often, do you? <laughs> who plays for Manchester United could qualify to play for England as he's lived here for five years. Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it, where you draw the line? If he'd lived here for ten years, would we feel better about that? I don't know. His comments have drawn criticism from England cricketer Kevin Peterson, uh, who was born in South Africa, of course, but represents England as a naturalised citizen. And, you know, what about Mo Farah, uh, who was born and grew up in Somalia? Should he be on Team GB? Chris Froome, born in Kenya, should he represent British cycling? Uh, There's so much to discuss about this. So pick up the phone, let me know what you think should you have to be born in england to play for england you can call 08459 455 555 text 81333 email jvs show at bbc.co.uk and tweet at ollie man Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 08459 is the telephone number if you want to give us uh, a call on that you can do we're, we're talking as well about the English uh, do you need to be English to play for England what does being English mean you can open up to that what does being English mean 
Well, according to Jack uh, Wheelchair, well, I think one of our callers referred to him as Jack Wheelchair earlier on. I don't know if that's a, a nickname. Um, that you have to be born in England. Well, John Barnes, we've had. John Barnes, born in Jamaica. Owen Hargreaves was born in Germany. And if it applies to football, then it has to apply to other sports, doesn't it? So Bradley Wiggins was born in a foreign place. He's a sir, for goodness sakes. He won the Tour de France. Chris Froome won the Tour de France. He was born in a foreign place. I don't have the facts nor statistics to back up what I'm saying, but I know it is true. I know it's true. So what do you think? Do you have to be English to play for England? And what does being English... What does it actually mean? What, you speak with, a, with an English accent? You don't speak properly? You eat fish and chips? You watch EastEnders? What, what, what does it mean? Marcus uh, is uh, on the line. Morning, Marcus. Morning. Marcus, what do you think about this? Do you need to be English to play for England? Yeah, you do, yeah. And what does that mean? Does that mean being born in England? I believe if you're born in England, you, you, you know, it gives you a right, a right to play for England. If you're not born in England, well, then you're not English. What about John Barnes? He's not English. He, were, were he born in England? Owen Hargreaves. No, born in uh, Germany, wasn't it? So, so these people shouldn't be, shouldn't have been allowed. They're footballing legends. I've been told they shouldn't have been allowed to play in the England football team. Correct. I support I support Man United, and Owen Hargreaves played played for Man United, but he shouldn't have played for England. They're not born in England, so they're not English. But if we only kept with players that were born in England, Marcus, we'd be rubbish, wouldn't we? Well. You can say that, but I don't know. We have, you know, you've got Gary Lineker, Paul Gascoigne. They weren't, you know, they're not rubbish. Peter Shilton, yeah. he weren't rubbish. They, he was a 25 cap. If we, Absolutely astounding keeper. If we, say, if we do that for football, though, uh, Marcus, we have to do that for all sports, don't we? And that means that, that Sir Bradley Wiggins wouldn't have won the uh, Tour de France with, with the, the, the Great Britain flag. OK, so he wins it for somebody else. We should, we should be proud to be British, proud to be English. If you're not born in England, you're not English. Marcus, uh, controversial words there. Thank you very much indeed. If you're not born in England, you're not English. Uh, I'm not sure I agree with that. Marcus seems to think that. What do you think? 08459 455 555 is the telephone number if you uh, want to give us a call. Now, the reason we're talking about this is because Jack Wilshire has said only English people should play football for England. And also, a BBC Sports study released today paints a worrying picture for homegrown players in the Premier League. The statistics are quite shocking. We're joined now by BBC Sports reporter uh, David Ornstein. Uh, David, what has this study and this report found? Well, the key line here is that English players account for less than a third of all minutes played in the Premier League, uh, which is quite stark. And when you're looking to win the World Cup in 2022, as Greg Dyke has said, uh, that's a worrying statistic. If we broaden it out to home country players, so that takes in Wales, Scotland and Northern Ireland, the number of minutes played, the percentage of minutes played, I should say, is down 3-4% on uh, 2017. To eight, which was the last time all of the home nations failed to qualify for a major tournament. Uh, so with the World Cup just around the corner and England being the only team in, from the home nations in contention to qualify, eyebrows are being raised. And especially when you look on the continent where in the major European leagues, homegrown players and home country uh, national players 
uh, comprising a far greater percentage of, of playing time than the British are here. It's not all bad news, though, is it? It's not. It's not. There's a, a bit of a silver lining here and hope for the future in that uh, home nation players are actually playing more minutes in the Championship and the Scottish Premier League uh, than they were in 2007-8. Th- that statistic's actually up 7%. That's a tribute to the impressive work being done by the Football League clubs, the Football League itself, and the Scottish Premier League and its clubs with... with um, better coaching, um, um, a prioritisation of homegrown players. Many want to see that replicated in the Premier League because as things stand, almost 61% of the minutes played in the Premier League so far this season have been played by foreign players. That's a rise of 4% in the last five years. Uh, Dyke, Greg Dyke, uh, the FA chairman, has described that as a frightening trend uh, and something needs to be done about it if this situation is going to improve. David, what, what do you make of uh, Jack Wilshire's comments that you should only play for England if you are English? Well, it's, it's not really for me to comment on that, but I was speaking to Arsene Wenger last night, uh, an exclusive interview that you can see on the BBC Sport website, and he actually agreed with Wilshire. He said, we don't want to go down the route of, of club football where you can buy in any player regardless of nationality. He was sort of talking about the special uh, bond that the national teams bring. However, the lines are quite blurred. As Wenger was telling me, uh, he has players come to him who have three different passports, various different nationalities and on top of that they may not feel the same way that their passport suggests Mm. they may not feel that nationality so what's becoming clear here because this is a increasingly uh, prominent story is that FIFA uh, and the governing bodies and, and even the United Nations, uh, let's face it, are going to have to clarify the rules uh, and tell us what can and can't be done because Wilshire's comments uh, are controversial. Look at look at Kevin Peterson and the England cricketers. Mm. Very, many uh, South African-born players there. Uh, Justin Rose in, in golf and Mo Farah, of course. Um, so this has really stu- stirred up the pot and, um, and and uh, we need to see what the FA and, and the authorities, FIFA, are going to do about this. David, finally, how, how does it work now? Who can play for England? Well, at the minute, you have to... Uh, well, it's very complicated. Oh, I uh, thought it might be. <laughs> uh, because this has all come about because of the Manchester United player, Adnan Yanazai, the 18-year-old, uh, who can represent a number of nations. And if, after his 18th birthday, uh, he has been in uh, the country for five years, unbroken, then he will qualify through the residency rules uh, to play for England. Uh, and so that is the situation that's caused this controversy. David, uh, thank you very much uh, indeed. That's David Austin there. We can give us a call about that. 08459 455 555. Ollie Mann is also talking about it after nine o'clock. You're listening to Ian Lee on BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel news now. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. The worst of the delays on the M25 at Junction 23 have now gone. We had the overturned vehicle there earlier. That is gone, but there are still long delays through the roadworks section, particularly back at the other end now. So from the M11 coming through into where the roadworks start at Enfield Junction 25, it's taking about 45 minutes through that stretch. And it's also very, very busy clockwise through the roadworks. So from St Albans, roughly, Junction 22 and London Coney, round toward Enfield Junction 25, it's nearly 40 minutes to get through there clockwise at the minute. If you're going further round anti-clockwise, if you're heading down toward the M40, you can expect 
take about half an hour from Chorley Wood down to the M40 Junction 18 to 16. Through the three counties this morning, few slow spots. Stevenage is looking very busy on the speed sensors, particularly on the A1M, but also on the A602. A little bit busy in Watton at Stone as well. The A414 in Hartford looking slow. There's a patch of slow-moving traffic on the A5 still from Dunstable down past Markgate and in toward the M1 and then into Harpenden looking very busy as well. Taking a look at the train departure boards and for the minute they're doing quite well. No late runners, no major problems. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Across beds, hearts and bugs. This is BBC Three Counties Radio. Headlines. I'm Catherine Boyle. Hertfordshire County Council have installed CCTV to check up on construction workers building a new one-way system in Hemel's Old Town. Works are overrunning and many local shopkeepers fear they'll be forced out of business. London Luton Airport passengers are being warned to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. Passengers are advised to check before they travel. And the head of the UK's border force has admitted that passengers on private flights are sometimes able to pass through Luton Airport completely unchecked. Three Counties Sports. BBC Three Counties Radio. Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said the only people who should play for England are English. Uh, Wilshere has since criticised what he called poor journalism, but the Arsenal manager told the BBC he supports his players' comments. I agree with him. I always said that as well, that an English manager should manage the English team. Because if we go not clear on that, the national teams will become like the clubs. They will buy uh, players to buy passports. Wenger's comments come on the day the BBC State of the Game study found that English footballers now account for less than a third of all the minutes played in the Premier League. The figure, 31.8%, is significantly lower than all other major European leagues. In La Liga, Spanish Spaniards make up 59% of all minutes played, while in the Bundesliga, Germans make up 50%. Arsenal defender Carl Jenkinson is in line to make his debut for England's under-21s in tonight's European Championship qualifier against San Marino. Jenkinson has a Finnish mother and has previously played for Finland. And in cricket, hotspot technology will not be used in this winter's Ashes series in Australia after the host broadcaster chose to drop the system over concerns about its cost and reliability. It's come as a great shock to Ian Lee. And former England spinner Phil Tufnell says Australians don't trust the technology after a series of contentious rulings this summer. I think the Aussies, they've had enough of it and they've just said, OK, they said it's too expensive but I think also they're thinking we've just had enough of it and let's get on and play the cricket. I can remember talking to the guy who, you know, was sort of in control of Hotspot and he said it's not 100% right all the time which, which was a bit of a shock so there's obviously some concerns there from the Aussies and that's your latest news and sports I'll be back with more at 9 o'clock was that Tuffers? that was Tuffers I could tell you a few stories about Tuffers I bet you could not on the radio though yeah alright call 08459 455 555 BBC Three Counties Radio my falsetto is back my Bee Gees tribute band can have that gig at the weekend. Superb. Uh, this is Ian Lee, BBC Three Counties Radio, here every weekday between six and nine o'clock. We've been talking this morning. Lots of you very excited about uh, what's been happening in uh, uh, Hemel, uh, the old town, the roadworks. If you want to go and see a picture of the roadworks, then uh, facebook.com forward slash BBC 3CR. Lots of your comments there. I'll go through some of them. It, it appears... Lots of buck shifting and finger pointing. It, it, it appears the finger is, is, is resting, if that's not too odd a term, on the contractors. Now, apparently we tried to get hold of the contractors yesterday and uh, they refused a statement and a guest. So that's why they're not on. 
but it, it seems that, um, that, that, that perhaps they're not been pulling their finger out. Oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five, and also talking about football. Uh, football after Kevin Wilshire said, "You've got to be English to pay for English, pay for England." Well, what do you think about that? Um, let's go. Well, let's talk to Justin about it. Justin. Morning, boss. We've, we've been having lots of calls and lots of comments uh, yes. about this, and I'm finding this whole thing fascinating. Mm. You're saying that you should be born in England to play for England. Absolutely. Okay. John Barnes. Oh, here we go. Is this uh, based on a conversation you had earlier with well, the call? It's based on facts. Yeah, okay, go on. John Barnes, Graham Lasseau. Yep. Matthew Letissier. Yep. Owen Hargreaves. They're yes. four. Four. Yep, they shouldn't have played for England. John Barnes? Yes, he should have played for Jamaica. Do you want to hear my John Barnes impression? Yeah, go on. <laughs> Isotonic means it's imbalanced with your body fluids. What about the Barnes rap? Can you get somebody to phone up and do the Barnes rap? <laughs> yeah, come on, let's do it. Come on. So we've got 25 minutes. Come Is on. anybody prepared to phone up and do the John Barnes rap? 08459 If you can, because I'm an England man, you got me looking out. It's the masterclass. We in the hooligans. They sing a football song. Three lions on my chest. I can't go wrong. But in your opinion, he shouldn't have been allowed to sing that. Uh, no, no. I mean, so John Barnes was a fantastic player. Don't get me wrong. Football he, legend. Yeah, football legend. Local, of course. Uh, played for Watford. Um, top, top player. But he was born in Jamaica. If you're going to play no. for England, you should be born in this country. Fact. Come on. What about uh, Bradley Wiggins? What about Bradley Wiggins? Well, Bradley Wiggins wasn't born in this country. Well, I thought we were talking about football. Come he, on. He was born in Belgium. We're Great, talk- good for him. No, listen, if, if we're talking about football, mm-hmm. Justin, then we have to be talking about all... Uh, by the way, I've just been told by... Catherine, if you want to come down and do it, please do. Catherine well, is just, rap. Yeah, she says yeah. You, you, uh, you messed that up. What? So she, well, she, see her she may come down. Well, she, you may very well get to hear her try it, okay. if, if she comes down. But if, you, if you're applying it to, to one sport, you have to apply it to all sports. Of course yep. you do. That's yep. obvious. Uh, and that means that we wouldn't have won the Tour de France twice. Mo Farah wouldn't have won that long race he did. Yep. Uh, Do you see... No, I know know exactly what you're saying. I'm saying sense. Yeah, to to a certain degree, yes, you are. And I think every single person will have a different story. Of course they will. If somebody uh, could have been born in Spain uh, and they moved here after, I don't know, a month or so. So everyone's going to have a different situation. But it's my firm belief that if you're going to represent your country, you should be born in that country. But but, But then what about people who are not born in this country but come to this country and become uh, British citizens. Again, every single story is different. You're demeaning demeaning them, aren't you? No, not at all. I think, you know, let's just say tomorrow, okay, that that I moved to Thailand. I'm sure that I would have a fantastic life in Thailand. You'd have a great time there. It would, you know, on the beach. Oh, it would be absolutely wonderful. Some of those uh, ladies. Yes, lady boys. Uh, But, you know, after five, six, seven years, I don't know, I could become... It almost feels like it's my home. But at the end of the day, I would have come from England. I would have been born in England. So that's where I feel like I'll be representing my country because I would be born in that country. Make sense? Well, it makes sense, but you're wrong. Hmm. You're, you're I'm, def- just saying, I'm just saying, in an ideal world, when you look at that England football team, yep. you want them to be English. 
fully English, not somebody who was born in Jamaica with the greatest amount of respect, but you want them all to have been born and bred in this country. That's, in an ideal world, what I would want as a football fan. That is just my personal opinion. Justin Daly, thank you very much. Stay there because I'm still hoping that Catherine Boyle will come down and do the, uh, the uh, John Barnes rap for us. Wouldn't that be a treat for everybody involved? She's got nothing better to do, let's be honest. Andrew's in Bedford. Andrew, what's your take on this? Hello, good morning. Yeah, I, I know everyone's got their own opinion, but um, a classic example I can use, at the end of the day, I I strongly believe, uh, you know, you, you you are what you are because of your parents. Uh, and a lot of people say, no, if you're born in England, you're English. If you're not born in England, you're not English. Now, simple question, if a cow was born in a pigsty, is it a cow or a pig? Well, but, uh, but cow or pig is not a nationality or a race, is it? So it's, it's an invalid point. At the end of the day, if people are saying it's where you're actually born, uh, you know, it, it, it's a similar, it's a similar ballpark. I mean, I, I don't really know too too much about football, uh, and I'm not obviously not that passionate about it. But uh, you know, being someone who was born in England uh, and having Italian parents. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah, I'm English. I was born in England. I've grown up here. But what if they're, bo- but what if they're, um, they've got English parents and they're born in Italy? It's what's through. Uh, personally, I believe it's what's running through your veins. Uh, I mean, that's my opinion. I'm not going to say somebody else is wrong or somebody else is right. Go on, oh, say go on, go on, say somebody else is wrong. Go on. <laughs> no, can't do it. Well, I think I will say though. Uh, you know, English should really embrace all the sports when they can because let's have it right. Yeah. As far as football's concerned, they've only got one piece of silverware. They could do with, uh, you know, they could do with a few more World Cups on their name and uh, if a bit of help from uh, somewhere else, someone who maybe technically was born elsewhere but yeah. grown up in England, uh, might might secure a few trophies. Why not? Let's go for it, Andrew. Thank you very much indeed. Let's bend the rules to our advantage. Justin, you still there? I'm still here. Yep. Say hello to Catherine Boyle. Hi, Catherine. Yo. MCKB2 is here (laughs) Wonderful Now you were disappointed with Justin's rendition of the John Barnes rap I don't know, it's on the hop and I'm sure he can, you know, as a child of the 80s He can probably recite it, you know, better if he works on it But you you can do it spot on, can you? Well, it's kind of one of those things that's in my head (laughs) Do you you want to do it for us now? Yeah, go on Ladies and gentlemen, I'll give you uh, MCKB2 with the John Barnes rap You've got to hold and give, but do it at the right time. You can be slow or fast, but you must get to the line. They'll always hit you and hurt you. Defend and attack. There's only one way round, and that's around the back. So catch me if you can, because I'm the England man. And what you're looking at is the master plan. We ain't no hooligans. This ain't a football song. Three lions on my chest. You know you can't go wrong. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. That was brilliant, wasn't it? All done for entirely from memory. It was fantastic, but uh, it just didn't quite feel right with the northern accent. <laughs> you, you, you did sound, you know... Well, I mean, I bit, can't bit do John class. Barnes. Maybe you can, yeah. Justin. <laughs> no, I think I'll leave that one. J- Justin, thank you very much indeed. Catherine Boyle, thank you very much indeed. You're welcome. You didn't bring a cup of tea down. Oh, uh, I didn't think that was very rap. <laughs> Call 08459 455 555. BBC Three Counties Radio. 
Well, if you missed that, that'll be a, a podcast. That'll be in the podcast. And I suspect an audio boo as well, please, if we could have that. Uh, on the subject of uh, uh, Hemel Hempstead and what's happening in the uh, old street, uh, the old town, work is going on. It's going on for much longer than was predicted. And some of the small independent business are struggling. We've heard from one business where their takings are down 40%. They've got 25 grand's worth of stock that they can't pay for. Tabby's in Leighton Buzzard. Morning, Tabby. Morning. Tabby, what's your take on this? Um, generally, I, as I said to the lady on the phone, I'm not 100% sure about Decorum Council, but Central Bedfordshire Council pay their workers that do the roads and most other workers on a day rate, which means if you say, yes, the work is going to take 50 days to do, they will say we will pay each worker £50 per day to do the work. So if it takes longer than that, they still get paid £50 per day. Whereas if they paid it on a job rate, i.e. it's going to take 50 days to do, fine, we'll give you £20,000 for wages and £20,000 for materials, they would get it done in time because they'd get no extra money if they ran over. Yeah, it does seem odd. that and We don't know what the contract is. We're hoping we can find out. The contractors don't want to come on this show, although we'll, we'll, we'll keep pursuing them. It does seem odd that you would have a contract, that, particularly if you're a council, that paid a daily rate and didn't have a set time, with, with a little bit of, you know, the, the kind of the flexibility there. But you, you, you'd think you'd have a set time. If you go over this three months, then we start fining you for each day you, you, you go over. Yeah, I completely agree with you, but most of the contracts with, as well, Central Beds Council, at the very least, they don't have that. They literally pay a day rate, i.e. the roadworks in Leighton Buzzard that was supposed to take 28 weeks took 34. Um, and they just get paid the extra money every day. Tabby, thank you for that. If that's how it works, it's ridiculous. And, and what makes us suspicious of the contractors, and again, we, we've not spoken to them, so we have to tread carefully, and if they want to come on the show, they're more than welcome. But uh, uh, the council have installed CCTV to film the contractors working. I've never heard of that before. I should have asked Tabby, actually. I've never heard of that before. I don't know, is that common practice for, for councils to do that? I found that a little bit shocking when that was revealed exclusively on this show. Yeah. 08459 455 555. Uh, Glenn's on the M1. Morning, Glenn. Morning, Ian. All right? Yeah, I'm, I'm fine, thank you. Did you enjoy the musical delights of Catherine Boyle? I did, and I've just said to the young lady that answered the phone, maybe you should get in touch with New Order now and re-release that song with that bit in instead of John Barnes. Well, I, well, I, I think Catherine was born in England, so she has a right to be on that record more so than John Barnes if we follow Justin Dealey's logic. Correct. Can, can you, can you with the technology, I'm sure you can, yes. can we listen to that bit of that song yeah. with the music... And Catherine over the top. Yeah, Glenn, it's being done. It's being done by my team. When are you doing it? And we'll play it on tomorrow's show. It'll be played on tomorrow's show if it fits. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Don't pull that face. You, you work for Glenn. He's paying your wages. It's being done as we speak. Ah, oh dear. If you missed it, it, it will be uh, an audio bill. We'll get that put up today, and also it'll be in the podcast. Don't forget, a new podcast comes out every... Oh, Catherine's, Catherine's on top of it. Look, Catherine's sent me a message. I'll do it. I'll do it. Look at that. She's, she's not shy, is she? Yeah, she's not shy. Teacher's pet. If Glenn asks, I'll do it, says Catherine. Uh, if you want to download the podcast, we release a new one every week, almost every week. Didn't do it last week. It was only in for one day. It didn't seem worth it. Uh, go to uh, uh, either the BBC Three Counties uh, f- uh, page, the uh, website, and click on podcast. Or you can go to iTunes and type in Ian Lee 
uh, BBC, it'll pop up and it's well worth a listen. It's about an hour long each week, 50 minutes, and it's the best bits of the show. Some funny stuff, some serious stuff, uh, some uh, some links that have been recorded that you won't have heard before. So do go and check that out and leave, leave nice comments if you would. It's a quarter to nine. It's BBC Three Counties Radio. Let's get the travel now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Cheers in M1 southbound. Reports of one lane being blocked by an accident. This is between Newport Pagnell Services and Junction 14 at Milton Keynes. Had a call from Rob about that one. Further southbound, heavy traffic from Junction 11 at the A505 towards 7 at Hemel Hempstead. That's just patchy traffic at the moment. Very busy though on the A5 as you go from Dunstable southbound through Mark Yate and down toward the M1 at Junction 9 and then in toward Harpenden through Redbourne looking very busy as well. M40 London bound. We've had reports of a lane blocked by an accident at High Wycombe Junction 4. In Watford, Stevenson Way, we're hearing this may be partly blocked by an accident with a car and a van involved as you come down toward the M1 at Junction 5. It's causing congestion around there. Keith called us about that one. Thank you, Keith. A1M looking very busy past Stevenage still, as is the A602. Around Hitchin, we've got delays. The A1 back up at the Black Cat roundabout looking busy. Into London, you've got the usual slow-moving traffic through Boreham from Stirling Corner to Mill Hill Circus. Then the M25 delays, anti-clockwise, mainly coming into the roadworks now past Enfield at Junction Junction 25, also slow clockwise through the works, and further round anti-clockwise you've got delays Chorleywood to the M40. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Adam, thank you very much indeed. Right, it's 8.46, it's uh, Thursday the 10th of October, I'm Ian Lee, these are your headlines on BBC Three Counties Radio. Hertfordshire County Council have installed CCTV to check up on construction workers building a new one-way system in Hemel Old Town. Works are overrunning and many local shopkeepers fear they'll be forced out of business. London Luton Airport passengers are being warned to expect disruption today due to strike action by French air traffic controllers. Uh, In sport, Arsene Wenger has defended Jack Wilshere after his midfielder said earlier this week the only people who should play for England should be English. 08459 455 555. We'll talk more about the football, more about Hemel after we get the latest weather with Elizabeth. Beds, hearts and bucks weather. BBC Three Counties Radio. Hello, very good morning to you. It's a rather chilly start to the day and it's going to continue to feel quite cold as well. So a real autumnal feel for today and for the next few days. Now, for most of us, a dry, bright start and we'll keep the bright weather through the course of the morning. But into the afternoon, it's going to turn uh, quite cloudy and we might just see a few showers around. The worst of the weather today will always be towards eastern areas of Hertfordshire. It's going to feel really very blustery. We've got a cold northerly wind and that's really going to take the edge off the temperatures. Highs today only up to around 11 or 12 degrees Celsius, but it will feel colder than that if you factor in the wind chill, and it will tend to be more blustery across Hertfordshire, so Buckinghamshire seeing the best of today's weather. Uh, so a few showers around through this afternoon. They could be quite heavy towards eastern areas, but I think for the most part we're looking at light showers. They'll continue on into this evening and overnight, so some more heavy, heavy showers around tonight. Still quite blustery. We've still got that northeasterly wind now. Temperatures down to between 7 and 8 degrees Celsius. Um, so tomorrow a cold start feeling quite cold again with the wind chill still rather blustery and there'll be further outbreaks of rain around at times particularly as we head through the afternoon Saturday still wet and windy by Sunday we've lost the wind but we've got further outbreaks of rain so not looking that nice I'm afraid for the next few days although nice bright start to the day at least this morning that's the forecast 
If you've got a problem with a company, a council or an organisation, they were really, really unhelpful. They laughed at me. The JVS Show fights for your rights and tackles your consumer problems. We have been back 11 visits each time because of the problems my husband's been having. Since beginning of June, I've had no schedule freezer. If you need our help, email jvsshow at bbc.co.uk. Gentlemen then agreed to refund me my money. As of yet, he's resold the vehicle and still no refund. The JVS Show, weekdays from nine, BBC Three Counties Radio. Uh, some texts about the football mat in Hitchin. I was under the impression as long as you could trace your descendants' ancestry within a few generations to the country you wish to play for, then you could in football. Uh, nothing to do with being born there. I play Patank? Patank? Patankwe? Patankwe? Patank? And we use the residency rule to play for England. Patank? Uh, Jill says, if you play for an English football team, then you should be able to play for England. We invest our money and time on these players for them to go and play against us for other countries. Oh, Jill, we can't do that. That, that is crazy talk, surely? Alan in Linslade says, when Luther Blissett was at Watford, he had the choice of playing for all four home countries. He chose England. And Daz says, I disagree with Justin. On his thought process, Luton reg- legends Ricky Hill from the Caribbean and Brian Steen Stein from South Africa should never have played for England. Well, there you go. Um, oh wait, four five nine four double five five double five is the phone number. Ten minutes left of this show. You're more than welcome to give me a call. Ollie Mann, who's sitting in for JVS this week, is also t- talking about the uh, same thing. We've got Justin. I know Justin, you want to talk about Hamill, but very quickly that mm. that last point from Daz uh, that uh, Ricky Hill and uh, Brian Steen Stein from South Africa should never have played for England. Yeah, I know. Again, because I'm a Luton supporter. Luton legends. Yeah, the absolute Luton legends. But again, to, Luton to go Luton legends. Ricky Hill and uh, Brian Steen or Stein. Legends. Yes. Luton legends. No, they are absolute Luton yeah. legends. But I go back to my original point. I, it's just my personal view that I think if you're representing your country, if you are playing for England, you should have been born in this country. OK, now, I, I believe you've got a long piece of audio, which is good, because I'm, I'm arguing with a newspaper editor on Twitter, so I can carry on doing that. <laughs> I think you know who I'm talking about. This yeah. morning, we've been hearing from shops and businesses in uh, Hemel Old Town, which say they're being severely affected by ongoing robots. Some incredible stories. Company shops, 40% business down, got 25 grand's worth of stock they can't afford to pay for. Uh, the disruption, which started in June, was meant to finish at the end of this month, but the contractors have overrun, and there's no definite date for the completion of work. A meeting is taking place this morning between the contractors, Hertfordshire County Council, Decorum Borough Council, and local businesses to find a resolution. Well, Justin, you've been in the old town this morning. You've come up with some cracking mm. stuff. What, what have people been saying to you? It's a complete and that's a mess. I mean, just to kind of recap on what you said there about businesses, um, some people are, are very, very concerned. Some people are close to tears. People have said to me that they've beaten the recession, but they can't beat these roadworks. And for anybody who's not been here before, it's, it's a lovely high street, but to the majority of the public, they think it's closed. And what they're doing, they're trying to make it one way. And it is just a complete and utter mess. Now, the project is being managed by Hertfordshire County Council on behalf of Decor Borough Council. You mentioned that meeting, that's already started between the councils and the traders, that started at 8.30, that'll be going on until around 10.30 and in the last few minutes in I managed to grab a a very quick word with Terry Doris from Hertfordshire County Council. Uh, Here's what happened. Well Terry, as we look up and down this high street here, the work is delayed, you're managing this, traders are saying that we could lose our business. 
an absolute shambles, isn't it? No, it's not a shambles. And I think the old cliche, which we don't always like to use, is you don't make omelettes without breaking eggs, is one which is very apposite here because we have to do this work. We're doing the work which is going to last us for another 30 or 40 years going forward. And in fact, it's actually going to improve the whole visibility and the commercial offer to people in Hemelhead and beyond in the old high street. There's, there's going to be more parking on the high street, there's going to be greater facilities to get to the shops. Yes, it is an inconvenience, we understand that and we sympathise with the people who have got businesses here, but we have to do it and we have to make it an improvement. You've got CCTV cameras looking at the workers here because you don't trust them. That's disgraceful, isn't it, Terry? No, it's not a question of trust. It's just making sure that we get the best out of everybody. And also it helps to keep a a, a watchful eye on traffic management and see if there are any issues that come along. Mike Penning, the local MP, says if they're not doing the job, fire them. Get somebody else. If you were to fire them, you would actually have to then re-procure the whole thing and all that would happen is that it would just be delayed even further. And in fact, it's only been delayed actually by, or it will be about a month because we've worked very hard with contractors to actually bring the completion date forward from what it might have been. And so we've we've condensed the contract down. But you can't fire contractors because, not in this sort of circumstance, because by the time we got another set of contractors on, it would probably be March and that would be really disastrous. Some of the stories, okay. Somebody told me that the other day they saw two members of the staff here scratching their private parts. They've seen them playing cards. They've seen them texting their friends. They've also seen somebody taking a dog to work and walking that dog up and down this high street. How does that make you feel? You're paying these people, and the people of Hertfordshire are paying these people. Yeah, we're paying these people. We're making sure that we do get the best out of them, and in fact, anything like that, and I can't comment on what might or might not have been seen because I haven't seen it, but that would all actually come out in the wash-up as with any contract when the final bills are um, applied for and are settled. Just lastly, the work is delayed. This high street is a, a very famous high street. It's a beautiful high street. It's a complete and utter mess right now. People are saying they could lose their business. Surely these people deserve compensation. That's what they want. Are you going to give it to them? I can't make any comment on compensation. But do they deserve it? I think that's a question that is almost impossible to ask because I don't know how much necessarily they have lost or would have lost or whether or not... Okay, the music shop is 40% down. He could lose his business, he could lose his home because people are not going past his shop. The footfall's gone. Does that man deserve compensation? Come on, Terry, you're a human being. Does he deserve it? I have every every sympathy with that gentleman, but I can't make any comments. How would you feel? I would actually look forward to when the work is completed in what, a month's time, two months' time, end of November, and make the very best of it. And I do know that... So a lovely high street, but no business? No, it'll be a busy high street. It'll be a great high street, and it's a high street that Hemel Hempstead can be proud of. Okay. And indeed, Hertfordshire County Council is doing what we can, and will be doing what it can, to promote the businesses in the high street, to help them get back into full flow. Okay. Let me put this to you, then. Okay, let me put this to you, as, as somebody who's actually doing some work here. It's incredible. Uh, you don't feel like you're letting down the businesses here at the Old Town? As I said right at the very beginning, you can't actually make improvements without having some Yes or no? Do you feel like you're letting the people down? 
I don't believe we're letting people down. I, it hasn't gone as smoothly as we might have wanted it to go because we've had all manner of issues. And you always get that, especially when you get a very ancient or an old high street. And this is 100 years old or mm. mo- much more than 100 years old. Dates back to Henry VIII and so on. Mm. We didn't know what we would necessarily find underneath when we started the work. Yeah. And it hasn't been an easy job, and it isn't an easy job, but the end product is going to be worth it. Sir, you always kind of answer our questions. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Justin Dealey there with uh, Terry Doris. Justin, excellent stuff, mate. Thank you very much. A great way to end that. No doubt we'll, uh, I'm sure uh, Roberta will be talking about that this uh, this afternoon and we'll catch up uh, with some of those shopkeepers and hopefully the con- uh, contraction company, if we can, uh, tomorrow morning to find out exactly what was decided in that meeting on the subject of uh, footballers. Footballers need to be born in England, to be English, to play for England. Uh, Cunley's on the line. Morning, Cunley. Hi, morning, Justin. Um, it's yeah, in, it's in. Uh, Sorry, Ian. That's okay, can you? Yes. Yes, um, uh, really, um, you have to be born in um, Britain. To to be a Briton, you have to be born in Britain. Well, apparently, let's look at this um, in another form. I appreciate, you know, everything about um, being a Briton. And I I do want to... I've been, I came to this country, you know, over six years ago. Yeah. and, And I have kids. So I'm, I'm looking at if the kids grow up and, and all that, and you know they were not born here, and they schooled here all their lives. Are you saying you know generations after me, and their generations after them? Because you know even if they, they are born here, cannot can never be a Briton. What does it take you know to be a Briton? You know by the law, by well, the law well, it I, says you know. Uh, can they, uh, do, do you feel where are you from, sir? I'm from Nigeria. You're from Nigeria. Now, do you feel British or do you feel Nigerian? I feel British now. Nigerian. I've spent six years here. I feel yes. I feel British, British now. I call. I I I I tell myself to be a Briton. Yeah. Right now, because I you know I contribute to the economy. I you know I do everything about being. being, being do I do I do I really need, need to eat um, British food every day? Oh gosh, no! Yo, please don't. How, how much more do we have to go? Can you, last last Britain? question. Last question, sir. Are you any good at football? Yes, I am. Get in there, get in there. We want Cunley in the British football team. He's been here six years. Cunley, thank you very much. I'm sorry it was so brief, but we're coming to the end of the show. Right, let's get the travel now. Here's Adam. Travel news for beds, cards and bugs. BBC Three Counties Radio. Problems on the M1 southbound. One lane's blocked by an accident between the Newport Pagnell services and Milton Keynes. It is the outside lane, lane 4, that's currently blocked off there, causing congestion. The M1 southbound also heavy from the A505 toward Hamel Hempstead, though it's pretty stop-start. A5 is looking very busy through Mark 8 down toward Redbourne and the M1 at Junction 9. Problems in Watford. Stevenson Way partly blocked by an accident. A car and a van involved. It says you come up to the M1 at Junction 5. M40, London bound. Very slow after an accident at High Wycombe Junction 4. That's congested back to Junction 5. The A1M busy past Stevenage. Into London, you've got a collapsed manhole on the A1 in Boreham Wood. That's on the northbound side, but we've got the usual delays southbound as you come from Stirling Corner toward Mill Hill Circus. M25 delays, very slow clockwise through the roadworks. Anti-clockwise is queuing as well. Of course, we did have the overturned car earlier at Junction 23. Adam Glynn, BBC Three Counties Radio. Thank you very much, Adam. Right, that's it. That's your lot. Thank you to everyone who took part and called in and emailed the show. It's all appreciated. You can email me, ian.lee at bbc.co.uk, anytime you want. That's how emails work. Right, I'm off. Ollie Mann is next. Ta-ta. Local and vocal across beds, hearts and bucks. This is BBC Three Counties Radio.